Britain is about to witness the birth of robot wars. They're still making final adjustments. Three, two, one. Hello everyone and welcome to Activate the Robot Wars podcast. I am Benji, also the hitman, along with me as always, he's the man with the handbook, it's Robbie Harmlessly. Hey, not a robot one this time. Nope, I just decided to point out that you brought the handbook again. <laughs> I have brought the handbook My arch nemesis, the handbook. Your, your rival. <laughs> yeah, he's handbook. my rival. Which one's more wrong? <laughs> <laughs> oh god damn. <laughs> So far, the handbook by a mile. <laughs> well, yeah. In fact, we just found out that if you go on the, the Robot Wars wiki uh, and you go to the article about the handbook, there's a section in it dedicated just to errors. And we've noticed errors in it, not on that list. So there's even more. <laughs> Fun gamers spot the error, really. What are we looking at today? We're looking at week three, which is Heat C of 2017. It nearly rhymed. It nearly rhymed. What season? Are we still going with X? <laughs> X. Because it sounds totally cool. Season X. Dun, dun. Yeah. Yeah, that's dramatic. Right. It doesn't get as cool as this until season 20, XX. And then season 30, which mm. is triple X. So, let's, <laughs> do we jump into the bots? Do you want to do predictions first? What are you at? Yeah. Guess we'll do what we've done the rest of the season. Bots first, then predictions. Bots, then predictions. Yeah. Okay, so for this week, I'm going to do my quips as if I was the handbook. Okay, that's good, because then we can compare as to how close you got to the handbook's one. I think, I bet you get at least one almost dead on, because some of these literally are just, it's like, it spins way. (laughs) I'm worried that mine are going to be a bit too advanced for the book. It's going to be like, I try to think something funny about a spinner, and then the description is literally just, spin. (laughs) It's like, well, let's do this. Okay. From Burntwood. Spinner, spinner, chicken dinner. From Kimberly, traction crusher. That's very attractive. From Oxford, terror hurts, axe bot. He's going to hurts you. From Hayes, Bucky the robot, biter bot. Look out for its teeth. From Newcastle upon Tyne. Vulture. Overhead spinner. He'll fly down at you like a... like a vulture. From London. Rapid. Flipper. Really quick. (laughs) Really quick and then just a dollar sign. (laughs) (laughs) We'll start from the top. Yeah. Apex. That looks like one whopper of a spinner. Yeah, this okay. is the little one. This is okay. 38.45 kilos. Right. And its uh, effective diameter is 1.2 meters. And this is the really big one. This is the 39 kilo bar. Obviously, you're here on a team with your pals and your brother. The, yeah. the pressure's on. Yeah, yeah the pressure is, is massively on. We'll either go down in a blaze of glory or it will, it will win everything. 
The brothers are experienced roboteers, but Craig admits that working with Chris means the arena may not be the only place that sparks fly. Chris is very single-minded and he likes to do things his way. Uh, it's going to take quite a lot for me to just bite my tongue, do as I'm told, uh, rather than shout at him and tell him what to do like I usually do. Danby brothers are The back. Danby brothers are back. Yeah, and this time they're bringing, I'm not 100% sure on this, but the biggest bar spinner since the dawn of time? Somewhere along those lines, yeah. at least in UK Robot Wars history, it was originally a shuffler. 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 I think it had seven little legs on each side, so it would shuffle around. Being a shuffler would have given you 15 kilograms extra weight to use. Walkers get even more. But if it was a shuffler with all those legs going into a competition where spinners are... Well, you think where the wheels are located on Apex, those legs would have been under the armour. Oh, that's a good idea. And then you've got the spinner going where yeah. the whole circumference of the spinner... Yeah. You can't get close to the can't robot. Get close to it because the spin is so big that it is bigger than the bot itself. You can't go close to the bot without being hit. Yeah. So maybe Apex would have been a little more successful, let's just say, if yeah. it had that extra 15 kilos to play with. Would that have made it more grounded as well? Because possibly one yeah. of the big issues with Apex is the spinner is so massive and powerful that Apex's little body <laughs> is, struggles is a little with the, uh, the vortex of destruction that it creates around itself well unfortunately um the shuffling didn't work properly in the test arena so they had to just quickly Aww. shove the two wheels on and use the older apex design in terms of movement this this bot is a great design but it sounds like such a stressful bot <laughs> definitely going for the big numbers and hoping it'll work two massive spinning bars 138.45 kilos, mm -hmm. the other 39 plus kilos. So if you take that out of the grand total of 110... Nearly, a nearly 40 of kilos out yeah. of the 110. So yeah, there's a 70 kilo bot and a 40 kilos of on top of that to make it 110. That's crazy. That's a big Which is why bot. those 15 kilos may have really come in handy. I bet. That smaller, I say smaller, the lighter bar. Yeah. What is it shaped like? It's, I like a whale. I thought you whale know? because yeah. the whole point, big and heavy. Yeah. Whale, maybe um, great white, some kind of f big fish. It seems to, Well, whales aren't fish, but you get the idea. It's some sort of crazy silhouette aqua logo. Yeah. 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 Uh, according to somewhere, mm -hmm. I can't remember where, whether it was one of these books or on the internet or the wiki, it says it's guitar shaped. Huh. I suppose... If you squinted and just saw the general blurry image, sort of, like big, yeah. bigger on one end, thinner on the other. If you like but ran I'm... over a guitar, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a... Yeah. But I'm going to go with the more, it's some sort of big fish. <laughs> I think it seems more epic if it's a whale shape. A big yeah. whale. or a Big, powerful whale. Whale, big whale, big shark, big thing. That makes a lot more sense. These bars are huge, heavy take a long time to get up to speed because they're huge and heavy. Did you mention that they're huge and heavy? They're big and heavy. Like they're a whale. Big, heavy. Bottom. Hey, like... that should be their logo. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, yeah, 17 miles per hour. So it's not dragging its wheels now. You know, this pretty nippy bot. Oh yeah, in theory, it can go away, let the uh, spinner get up to speed and then come back when it's up to speed to hit things. In theory. In theory. Theoretically. So like I said, the Danbys are back. We've got Craig, who's 
the team captain this time round. He was around the past two seasons with Foxick and Chris Danby, who Apex is more his bot. He was with Apex last season mm. and it's a uh, not very successful run. I think it got, was it one of the first ones eliminated mm. or did it not get through very far? Apex didn't go far last year. Let's see how well it does this year. It is the largest spinning bar in history, at least in UK Robot Wars. I'm mm-hmm. sure someone out there has done something bigger somehow and it's probably just they just entered uh, they just threw a spinning bar, <laughs> a spinning uh, bar, bar. out it just had a motor it. sort of attached to it <laughs> it spun at one rpm still counts it's still, still spinning bar. so it's very untested mm-hmm. because how do you test something like that reliably only place it can be tested is in the arena its body is that what's, what what shape would you call the body I didn't get much of a good look at the body, to be honest. Oh, it's okay. I've got, it the, I've got, got the handbook here oh, to good. show you. You've got the handbook. Thank God for that. <laughs> now, the handbook, I think, has a picture of last season's Apex, but the body shape is the same. Do we count that as an error? <laughs> well, it just says seasons 9 and 10 on it. Mm. But there you go. That's the body shape. It has a kind of triangular look They've to it. given it some like balancing pincers at the front there. or Those little spikes, I think they're mainly so it can be used as a push bot in the event that the spinner doesn't work so you can it's still got speed behind it Hmm. it'll just start running into things those little spikes could get into wheels or get a grip and then push things around that's a good little fail safe i guess if you how many spinners just stop working or the weapon exactly so you may as well have a few push bot elements on there makes sense it was red last season now it's blue they wore red last season as well now they wear blue yeah they're very uniform which is quite nice and what, the t-shirts what, do look cool what color do you think they'll be next year turquoise like the ocean and then they can bring the whale logo back so what was your quip just a reminder oh boy what was my quip the, i ain't read any of them down i, I made them up on the spot man what well, did the book say the book said a spiky contender on a metal munching mission what? <laughs> a spiky contender on a metal munching mission. We're talking about Apex. Apex. Spiky Apex? I mean, he's got those two little spikes at the front. I guess. Done by someone I've, who's just seen the like, picture. Two feet, but you wouldn't describe me as feety, would you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't damn feety You'd people. You'd think the, the key description would be... Well, the bar spinner should be the focal point, surely. That is its super strength, apparently. <laughs> well, yeah, I'd be surprised. I'd be you worried if they put the spikes at the front. <laughs> what's the What's the biggest weakness? Um, We've mentioned it. Boy, um, is in danger of taking off. Slow spin-up time. Well, <laughs> so the yeah, opposite, guess, according yeah. to the book. Takes a long time to speed up. Well, that's Apex for you. All right. Shall we move on to Traction? I believe that using practical work and technology is a much better way of learning because you get to get involved and know what it's actually going to be like when you're putting those skills into use in the real world. Traction, the youngest team in the competition. That's right. Are you the boss here, Dan? Yep, I am. Yeah, yes, my team. I am. How did the team form? Well... We all go to an after-school club at our school. Some of the teams have got 20 years' experience here. Well, I mean... Do you think you have the edge? We have three weeks' experience, so... (laughs) I think we can take them on. Traction. Tract-eon. Tract-tion. Traction. Tractions. Traction. Spelt in different... In many different ways, but obviously it's just traction. I'm going to call it traction. 
Yeah. You're going to call it traction? Yeah, I'm going to call it traction. I'm sorry, I'm getting to the right page in the handbook. Oh, do you want to know why it's called traction? <laughs> Go ahead. It's got tracks. It does have tracks. I'll have you know, it is the only tracked robot since the reboot started. Brilliant. Other than Sir Killalot, of course. But uh, competitor-wise, the only one that's used tracks. They took some uh, some cues from Sir Kay when they were designing the bot. They did. Yeah. It's actually, it is actually directly inspired by Sir Killalot. I think Sir Killalot has a bit of an advantage, though, by being Sir Killalot. And being, like, five times the weight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> five times the size of everything else. <laughs> it's the young school team from Surrey who are mentored by their technology teacher... Will, Will Thomas, yeah, of Aftershock, of the Jekyll and Hyde of Aftershock. Attack of the Killer Will. Where is he? Well, he's not featured once, which is nice that he's not featured I, I suppose, at all. Yeah, he can't get too involved. He'd be like, he's in two teams then, and it would be like, well, you can't do that. I suppose, but he is their mentor. Like, not a single mention of it. You wouldn't know watching this that he mentored them. Yeah, but if you were watching the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fight, you wouldn't be like, where's Splinter, would you? I don't know, it depends on the uh <laughs> depends on the context. <laughs> depends on the fight. <laughs> it's a fairly good mentor to have. Yeah, a mental one. <laughs> but you you don't see much of that reflected in the bot. The bot's a completely different design than what you come out of Will, which gives me the impression that the kids are ninety percent of the bot. And then Will kinda just They've made the decisions. Yeah. He's gone ahead and helped him out with it. Exactly. You can tell because they you know, they've gone like, Oh, we'll have Tracks like Sir Killer Lot will have yeah. this, like so and so. Exactly. The few bits of colour on it are blue, like um the rest of the shock team. So shockwave. Do you and, reckon uh, that's on purpose? Because I'm pretty sure it's made up of recycled bits of things they found around the school, including a chopping board from Food Tech. Yep, yep. It's literally made of recycled things. I hope they got permission to take the chopping board from Food Tech. Someone <laughs> didn't really. Everyone's like, "Where, where's my chopping board oh, man, going?" Like, chopping don't know. Don't know. And then oh. the teachers like watching Robot Wars. Like, like, God oh, damn it! That's my chopping board. <laughs> Starts typing up an invoice. <laughs> <laughs> the crusher thing on the front. Has 600 kilograms of force. It looks a little like an old school competitor. It looks like something we'd see in the earlier seasons back in the day. It's lit up a bit. It's got those like almost fairy lights running inside it. But you're right. At the heart of it, it's kind of old school. And the fact that it's made by kids as well just kind of gives it that old school homemade homebrew bot mentality now on the website it's listed at 110 kilograms the weight limit Mm -hmm. however in the book and the haynes manual whoa it is listed at 95 and i'm inclined to believe the lighter weight Mm. at 95 yeah generally the haynes manual is right yeah i'll say that much 15 kilos possibly underweight it's hard to know every single technical spec for every robot is often slightly different between the books, the wiki, what's said on the show, what's on the website. It's never drastically, though 15 kilos is quite drastic here. Oh yeah, big but time. It's very rarely drastically different, but it does make things a little annoying. I think someone made a Reddit post lately about how a lot of the facts you see on the website and on the show and that are less facts and more things that people say to help their application process uh, so you know when they're like yeah. yeah so this robot it can flip a house yeah we're hearing, <laughs> stuff like we're that. hearing a lot of that at the moment aren't yeah. we when in reality it's usually a case of well theoretically something that powerful could flip a small yeah. house <laughs> you heard it here first folks 
potentially could flip a small country. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of how it's going. (laughs) So yeah, 95 kilos for traction. Mm -hmm. It's your basic tracked robot with the claw thing on the front. The claw thing kind of resembles Razor's claw. That's what I thought, yeah, yeah. But I think it says a crusher... I, we never actually saw the weapon in action, so I don't know whether it slowly comes down or it does just a quick, uh. <laughs> it's described as a gripper crusher. I'm so going to it, say it's a quicker motion. Small. It's more like a squeezer, I think. Grabber. It's got yeah. two forks on the front as well, so yeah. I'm guessing the whole point is it, it grabs and then takes things around rather than uh, does anything else. That sounds about right. It can pull their school minibus with people inside. Can it? Yeah. Wow. That's pretty good going. So in a pushing contest... Probably be a bit better off. Based on what we just said about facts, I don't know whether it's a toy (laughs) minibus. Whether there were. A really mini minibus. One of those little (laughs) um, plastic cars, you know, the red and yellow ones. Yeah, maybe. Like a a little garden toy one with maybe two kids sitting in it. (laughs) It can pull it. It can definitely pull that. Good enough. Big exposed tracks. It's done a decent little job of making sure some of the armour bands out a bit so you can't get to the tracks too easily if you look at the, look at the picture there it's like the, from behind or from the top it has a little panel yeah. but it's still quite exposed let's, yeah. let's be honest here oh one thing i was wondering with will being their mentor mm-hmm. what if both aftershock and traction made it through to the finals Ooh, that'd be good wouldn't it mm-hmm. yeah would we see a proper jekyll and hyde will student versus mentor would he turn on them? Betray them? Turns out he's put a, like, kill switch hidden away in traction. <laughs> he just presses it and just deactivates the bot. That and kill switch. mercilessly slaughters it over the course of three minutes. The kill switch he mentioned his dad has. <laughs> Suddenly turns and goes, Aha, but it wasn't for this robot. It was for yours. <laughs> he just disconnects traction <laughs> and destroys it. Oh. Ultimate betrayal. But what is the traction quip? How does yours match up? Well, I think I said something about the bot being attract. If yeah, that's cool. Um, they probably went with, oh, got tracks for going forward. Has the strength to pull a minibus. Really? That's all they said. So they just took the fact and then just <laughs> put it in the quip. They just put it there, yeah. See, that's just lazy writing. Its biggest weakness apparently is the limited armor and the super strength is its tracks. Yeah. Which means it can run both ways. But so can a lot of robots. Yeah, I guess it can. I mean, you <laughs> can't say it's a lie. It's, it's not, not a lie. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a lie. I'm saying, is it a super strength in 2017? Is there any argument for having a, a, a junior bracket? Maybe, yeah. Because these kids have built this bot effectively for free. And they're in a competition with another bot that's £25,000 worth of specially made destruction. Saying that, though, this bot made by kids in school has got further than a lot of the hobbyist bots by a long shot already. Total big time. But I just like, I don't know, some of it feels like lambs to the slaughter. And also it is a bit unfair because kids don't traditionally have 25k lying around to build a bot. Full on kid and school teams never really win all that much no, no they do all right and they come up with some crazy ideas but i think like having maybe like a junior bracket with school teams in maybe that might be might nice. make it a bit fairer it's nice school... to see a junior champion <laughs> yeah, and then an actual champion you know yeah that'd be cool <laughs> and then it can be really old school and it would you would see old school bots being successful 
Yeah. Because they'd be built out of things you find, you know. There you go. That could yeah. be interesting. They could do it before the main show and the winner could go onto the uh, into the main Exactly. The so, main I mean league. they're not gonna commission their parts to be made by the engineering company they're the CEO of. You know, they'll <laughs> they'll just get it, you know, they'll just be built out of things that they've nicked from school. <laughs> which is what this bot is basically. <laughs> it's uh, a bunch of stolen stuff. God knows where they got the claw from. But... <laughs> well <laughs> Claw class, man. Come on. Claw class. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we move on to Terra Hertz. So you and terahertz, the Le Grand Fromage of the Robot Wars world. I have been doing this for quite a long time, you almost have, 20 years now. You're kind of the daddy. People come to you for advice. They come to get, a, you know, a steer on things. Yeah. It was back in 1997. I heard some stories of this thing called Robot Wars. It started in America come over here. Despite nearly two decades of experience, John has never won a Robot Wars Grand Final. And up against two young pups, Apex and Vulture, yeah. new, the new guard. Does that scare you a little bit? Or are you excited? Apex is pretty scary. It does. It can. Yeah. Terra hurts. Terra hurts big time. The only team to ever pick Carbide. The only team to beat Carbide by knockout. Mm. Terror hurts. That's crazy. Big deal. Are you going to read us a quip? Okay, yeah, sure, I can read a quip. I can't remember what your one was at all. Um, I think it's something about hurting somebody. Yeah, yeah, he did yeah, the hurts thing, he didn't did he? Yeah, yeah. The... They went with more terror, more pain. Not, no, that's not, I'm pretty sure that's not the first time they've said pain in that context before. No, Because we not... had double the pain the other day from yeah, Crackers it was and was... <laughs> and, and now it's just more pain. Yep, more terror. More pain. More terror than what? More pain. Yeah, but then where is the, more, more pain than what? <laughs> than the other bots? More. There's more. There's just more. There's just more, more of, it. of it. That doesn't make any sense. That's like someone handing you your first bowl of soup and you going, ah, oh, more soup. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's not. It's just soup. <laughs> more terror, more pain. <laughs> Not a double like last time. This time it's just, it's just more. more. It's just more. Next time they'll just say, have a look at all this pain. Same design it's been for over a decade. Um, the front plate of it, it is now Armox as opposed to Hardox. Ooh. Yeah, Armox. Really hard. Like, really hard. But wow. a lot more expensive. And I think it takes a lot of force to bend it into the shape to it put is it into shape. Yeah. So I'm thinking it's, it's costly, not just to buy, but costly to have it custom made into your robots front plate. I suppose the advantage is terahertz only has that one bit of metal on the front plate and the rest of it is all polycarbonate. So it's quite cleverly made yeah, in that respect. Big time. So now that like the entire front is effectively covered in mithril armor. Yeah, that's basically it. Who do you reckon they were thinking about when they decided to do that? Whilst I'd like to say Apex, I think it was probably Carbide. <laughs> carbide proofing their bot. Half the bots in this competition are Carbide proofing themselves. The one bot to beat Carbide by knockout is Carbide, it's carbide proofing, proofing itself. itself. That's the kind of competition we're looking at. Biggest oh, axe in the competition. Biggest axe in a long time. I don't know if there have been any bigger axes. 90 centimetre long titanium axe. And to give that context, that's two 45 centimetre axes. Oh my so God. Just try and picture that, if you will. Now you've mentioned <laughs> that, it seems so much more insane. I know. 
guess what? It's the equivalent of 90 one centimeter axes. <laughs> or three 30 centimeter axes. I mean, it's like, you know. There's so many things about can such be. an axe right now. It's only half of a 180 centimeter axe, though. Ah, I should have said excellent. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Titanium axe. Yeah. I mean, and just a dependable, reliable, smashing axe. It should be a good fight against uh, four, really, wouldn't it? Yeah, Axe versus Axe. I haven't yeah. seen that one yet. I'm sure it's probably happened multiple times in live events, but not in Robot Wars. No. The Axe travels at 100 miles per hour and gives one ton of force. One ton of force. One ton of force. It does. It looks like a ton of force. Every it time it launches the Axe, it goes. Yeah. It either hits something or terahertz goes flying. It's like a migraine-inducing just hammer to the face. I've only just noticed something about it. The shape of it. Mm-hmm. What is the shape of it? Snowplow. Now, if you looked at it from underneath... Because it's got that tail that comes off mm-hmm. at the back, which is like for like balance and stuff, mm-hmm. and to stop the axe hitting the ground. Yeah, it's stingray. It's a stingray. That is a stingray. It is it? a stingray. Next time you see it from the bottom, which you see plenty of in this episode, yeah, it is perfect stingray. It's got the wide top and then goes down to a little tail at the back. It's yeah. a stingray. It is yeah. a stingray. Sweet. Should have called it Stingray, but it's not. It's called Terahertz, which is still a cool name. Yeah, damn right. One of the most experienced and well-controlled bots in the competition. Nearly 20 years experience. Sixth entry into Robot Wars. If you count live events, countless. countless. Yeah. Absolutely countless. A very effective robot, even without the axe, just as a push bot. With the good control Mm. and the experience control. And the the shape of it, the wedge shape of it, and the hard front, it could do very well in that respect. It can also spin on the spot, and the back axe blade, if it hits something, is still pretty strong. Yeah, and it's self-writing, like, but very self-writing. Very good like when it's upside down, it will send itself hurtling into the air till it lands on its feet. The only issue of its self-writing is it can take more than one attempt, and every time that axe goes, that's a bit more gas used. Yeah, that's true. We'll see that come into play this episode. This is the 2004 and 2009 UK champions. Cool. So terahertz are a big deal. Possibly the most successful robot of all time, because they're two-time champions and two times runner-up. 2005 and 2007, they were runners-up as well. So they are consistently nailing it. Consistent top performers are terahertz. Always a strong contender. Now, here's a fun one. Mm -hmm. Website. Mm-hmm. 110 kilograms, it yep. says. It likes just saying everything's 110 kilograms. Yeah. Copy-paste job. Yeah. Haynes Manual, 103.6 kilograms. See, that's so specific that it could be right. Official handbook, yep. 106. Oh, God, I don't know who to believe. It's somewhere between 100 and 110 kilograms. I think we'll have to stick with the... The old Haynes Manual. Build your own robot, yeah. The Haynes Manual actually differentiates between each season version and that's what it reckons it is so that's what i'm going to say it is i imagine the official handbook probably has an outdated uh weight and i think the website may have just been a quick copy paste okay. <laughs> assumed it was 110 like most of the other robots are these days i'm gonna say so it's actually almost fully rebuilt because of the damage that was caused to it by aftershock last season so it's actually a near new terahertz and we'll we'll see its performance later on tonight but it yeah. was pretty damn good i think any painful thoughts i was just thinking what's the weakness listed in the book like most of us it has mm-hmm. a lack of armor on its rear <laughs> of course you have to sort of get around both the axe and the tail that's round there so that's yeah, kind of cleverly if placed to, if you want to attack the back there's just the axe resting there mm-hmm. the tail prongs are out as well 
Mm-hmm. So you can't really get to that back very easily. Yeah. Not that it's impossible, but it's not easy. And with next level driving, it's kind of difficult to outmaneuver to the point where you can get the back. So. Yeah, it's very rare that you can get around the side or back of terahertz mm-hmm. when they're in uh, when they're in control, which is most of the time. Super strength, easily guessed. Oh, I don't know the axe. Yeah, the biggest yeah, axe in the competition. The axe, isn't it? Big axe. Oh my god, is that on the page opposite Terra Turtle? Yeah, Terra Turtle's on the opposite page. Great. Just just for the sake of it. Since yep. Terra Turtle isn't in this season, Go on. guess Terra Turtle's quip. Slow and steady wins the war. Oh no. <laughs> a shellabration of turtle teamwork. A shell abration of turtle teamwork. A shellabration of turtle teamwork. That quip is malignant. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad we didn't have the book then. <laughs> you would not be celebrating. <laughs> okay, do we move on to Bucky the Robot? Yes, yes, this show is all about engineering and creating impressive robots. It's not just about engineering, is it, though? It's about putting on a show. It's about putting on a show, isn't yes. it? Tom from Bucky. We're very, very quickly going to pan to that guy. Yep. Who's that guy? Um, this is Mo. He's, I didn't um... mean Mo, I meant that guy in the tooth. Oh, that's, um, that's Bucky the mascot. That's Bucky the mascot. I feel if it's going to be taken seriously as a sport, you need a mascot. Let's move on to perhaps one of the most unique robots we've ever seen. Yeah. Probably cover what it looks like before we go into any details. It looks like a set of chattering teeth, except instead of a lot of teeth, it has two snake-like fangs at the front mm. and looks like it's made of Meccano. And it actually has a wind-up key. It does have a wind-up key. Which is like a really nice little detail. It's it's not just looks like, they have based it on wind-up chattering teeth. That is the the whole design philosophy. They saw a pair of chattering teeth and thought, right. So, Biterbot. The first Biterbot we've ever seen. Is it just a Biterbot? The book says Crusher. Yeah, I'd say Crusher. But Crusher's usually a slow thing. Whereas this is um this is not um hydraulic power, yeah. this is pneumatic power, so it's one it's one quick quick bang. Maybe it is just like a biter bot then. It's a biter bot. It's a rare class. Mm-hmm. Eighteen miles per hour. Indeed, or as yeah. the book says, twenty nine kilometers per hour, because we all use that here. Who yeah, what? I know. Kilometers. Kilometers per hour. Man. Quick bot though. Very quick bot. Um Kilometers? Kilometers. We're gonna go put gas and sneakers in the trunk while they're at it american stuff kilometers they use kilometers per hour in america I don't well they, they do. don't use them over they don't use they use miles per hour as well i think who uses kilometers everywhere else i think we're one russia of, i'm sure russia probably does well i don't have anything funny to say i about think mainland russia. europe does <laughs> france yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah why not <laughs> probably <laughs> us Look at the picture. If you take Bucky the robot, yeah. you just put your hand over the top jaw. Yeah. It's just a wedge. It's, it's just, just a, a wedge bot. A, wedge, yeah. It's just a wedge bot with a, yeah. a very unique axe, is essentially what this is. It's almost like as if an old school robot built for the new generation because it's gimmicky, it's funny. There are some areas where it's not that practical. It actually gives some practicality away so that it can be gimmicky. And also, it comes with its own giant mascot. Yes, Super Meat Boy makes his first appearance on Robot Wars as the mascot for Bucky the Robot. It, that is Super Meat Boy. I'm it sorry. Super Meat Boy. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that is, like, what, what else? It's a big red square with 
big cartoony eyes and a yeah. big gaping mouth. It's adorable. Is it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you say that next time you watch this episode, and when <laughs> Dara didn't like it, <laughs> when, yeah, but when Dara and the teams are walking around the arena examining the damage, and you can just see it there in the background in the booth. Just staring. It's quite, it's quite unnerving. So now, now that you're saying it like that, like from the shadows, it's kind of like... It's always disturbing. there. It's giving it like an it quality now. That's a bit... Mm. Always look. I bet in the next few episodes as well, if you look in the background, you're just going to see it there. Just sort of hanging around. But I like the idea of having a mascot. I like the idea of other robots having a mascot. The armour is basically just lots of different types of plastic. 10 millimeter plastic and polycarbonate armour. Make it quite a uh, vulnerable bot. I mean, the chassis is steel. Yeah. It also yeah. has extremely exposed parts, especially from behind. I wrote down exposed parts, but it was actually just hard to tell because there's so many bits and pieces to it. I know. It's quite rude having exposed parts on television. <laughs> it's also Bucky. not self-writable from all angles. No, which <laughs> might come into play later. Mm-hmm. It only seems to be self-writable if it's in the perfect upside-down position and it's left alone to slowly self-write. To work itself out. <laughs> this is not the first time we've had a mascot. There has been one other mascot in Robot Wars history. Mm. Now, you've not seen it, I don't think. Who is it? The Grim Reaper had a mascot. A robot called the Grim Reaper. And had a costume. mascot was... A- uh, Rabbit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was also just Super Meat Boy. Just, it was the <laughs> same. Any sense. There was no gimmick change at all. <laughs> it's exactly the same. In fact, it preempted Bucky because <laughs> he just turned up and was Bucky. <laughs> so it was the Grim Reaper. Yeah. So the Grim Reaper. There was, there, we've had the Grim Reaper before. So second mascot in Robot Wars history. Oh, on each side, the name is written as hashtag Bucky the Robot. Yeah, I saw that as well. Modern. Yeah, get the hashtag going. I don't know whether the hashtag got going, but it's worth a try to see if you can trend. I don't know if it did trend. I didn't check. Probably not if I didn't. I don't think the camera paused on it long enough during the battle for someone to be like, it's not really intense. And there's a hashtag I can use. Yeah, it's not what you're looking for, is it? (laughs) You're not watching robots going, (laughs) hashtag. Maybe that's that's how kids' brains work these days. Maybe we're just too old to... To notice a hashtag, like, so a, instinctively. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> like, their eyes just register, like, the pound sign now and filter everything else yeah, out for a hashtag. second. Whoa. Yeah. So what's, what were your thoughts on Bucky the Robot? Novelty. Entertaining. Not practical at all. Well, I say unpractical. Ultimately, if they manage to get someone in the teeth and then it's got some pushing power and the other bot's obviously going to be a bit disbalanced, they could definitely push a bot around. I don't think the teeth are actually going to break anything in half. Really. Yeah, the teeth aren't going to cause much damage. It's no. going to be more about trying to gain control yeah. and trying to get things up that wedge, which isn't actually very low to the ground in, in the first place. Quite a high ground clearance for a, a wedge bot, which is what it essentially is. Yeah, It does have a decently strong drive, though, and decent speed. So a well-controlled version of Bucky the Robot could be quite a uh, quite a contender, at least semi-successful. Even if not, it's still pretty interesting um, to see. It's a character for a TV show. It works very well in that regard. I want to see the rest of the robot because we've only got the teeth. (laughs) Yeah. Could you imagine if they next like series they introduce like, I don't know, cheeks, ears, eyes. A nose. That's a perfect shape. Big pointy robot. Eyes robot. (laughs) A whole head gets formed when you put them all together. That'd be amazing. It's they're slowly building some titanic 
robot man, like the Iron Giant, we've just seen step one, the teeth. I don't know, that's a lot of Meccano. It's a, that is a lot of Meccano. <laughs> I don't know how much Meccano costs. <laughs> Probably a lot if you want to make a big man out of it. What's the quip? Oh, it's going to bite you. Look out. Now, if it was a wrestler, this would be its chant. Chomp on down. Chomp on down. Does it say it twice? Or does no, it say just once? once. Chomp on down. Chomp on down. I don't even say that like in an eating context, so I don't know what the hell that I'm means. I'm just chomping on down. Chomp on down on yeah. them there. Yeah, chomp on bots. down my dinner. Chomping on down some dindins. On them. Yeah, nope, that's not a phrase anyone's ever said before, so. Chomp on down, mate. Chomp on down. Chomp on down. Oh no, it sounds like more like public service announcement, doesn't it? <laughs> what? Don't frown. Chomp, chomp on, on down. down. <laughs> this has been paid for by the Metropolitan Police. That chomp kind of stuff. <laughs> chomp on down. The more I'm saying it is, it sounds like a name. I am Chomp on down. <laughs> like, Chomp on is like the first name. <laughs> yeah, down. Down. First or name, chomp, chomp on. on down. Chomp on down. Chomp on down. Or chomp on down. Chomp on down. John pon down. See, you say it so many times. You know Jumping when you say down. a word too many times, it loses all its meaning? Chomp on down. And you stop recognising it as a word and more of just like a sound? Yeah. Chomp on down. <laughs> John pon down. Chomp on down. What's the name? John pon down. Chomp on down. <laughs> what are we doing? Some say I sound like a phrase. <laughs> but I don't because no one says a phrase that sounds like that. What's its weakness? Um, the fact that it's an oversized set of teeth. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm going to give you that. It says vulnerable to spinner attacks. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> the same way a set of teeth are vulnerable to spinner attacks. <laughs> and its super strength is it has a seriously nasty bite. <laughs> Sounds like something someone would say about their pet rat. Yeah. Mind, it has a bit of a nasty bite. bite but it is susceptible to spinners, so you might be safe. Bring carbide with you. Just bring your carbide. <laughs> Carbide's on the next page <laughs> of the book. It's a harsh comparison. It's a very it? harsh comparison. God, you don't want to chomp on down on that comparison. Yeah, jump on down. Jump on down. Team members, it says a four, so the mascot counts as a team member. Yeah, might make the tea. With those arms yeah. and that vision. <laughs> <laughs> that vision. Dexterity. <laughs> Just burn. Burnt people all over the place. Hot tea flying everywhere. Yeah, probably not a great idea. Interesting, though. Our first biter bot. Yeah, no, I've never even thought about it before, so it's <laughs> it's quite impressive. Did you know the Canadian province of Manitoba mm-hmm. have uh, kilometres per hour? Oh, that's where Chris Jericho's so when... from. Oh, really? From Winnipeg, Manitoba. He is from Winnipeg, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> There we go. So yeah. he knows about kilometers so per you hour. Drive into there and you see the hundred sign. You're going to get confused because mm, yep. everyone else sees it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a bad idea. Having different regions of a country using different speed. Yeah, that terms. that won't end well, will it? No. Like you could imagine, like driving for England and thirty. Like all right, <laughs> fifty. Okay. <laughs> okay. At this point, probably getting a bit dangerous. Well. Shall we move on? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Vulture. Let's talk about Vulture. My name is Adam Hamilton. I'm 25 from Newcastle upon Tyne. Doing it for the lads. The robot has been built literally just to prove a point. You don't have to be an engineer. You don't have to have loads of experience. You don't have to be absolutely minted with money. We started from nothing and we're here. We're on robot wars and we are going to win. Are you guys, I mean, because are you, are you engineers? Are you... No, what? What are you then? Just everything. I mean, I've 
had every single job you could think of. I've been a butcher and I got sacked the same day I started. So, not a good butcher, I would have said. Emma, please tell me that you, by contrast, are therefore the trained mechanical engineer who's built this. Unfortunately not. What Sorry. Do you I am a student that studies early years and health and contemporary society. Great. So this is ludicrous. Fine. This is fantastically ludicrous. This is a folly. This is madness that you would even think you could compete here. But this looks great. This is a unique design. This is the night of unique designs. It is. Unique new designs, things we haven't seen much of before. When I read the name Vulture and I saw its weapon was an overhead spinner, which mm. is hella unique, I thought Vulture, like, and the, like the spinner comes down, like a vulture coming down to get its prey. That's the know? idea, yes. No, it's not the idea. It's not? Nope. It's named after a song by Pendulum and also because like a vulture, they prey on the weakness of others. Hmm. I'm not sure I saw them uh, <laughs> prey on anyone's weakness. I can't remember the other weaknesses. <laughs> and I I haven't heard the Pendulum song, so I can't comment. Neither have I, no. Well, maybe I've we not, should listen to that at some I've point. Never, I've never really listened to Pendulum, so I don't know what the song... I'd laugh if it's like a song from 20 years ago or something, and it, it literally just describes this robot in perfect form. <laughs> Blue and black. And Blue and black. Wedged front. <laughs> Wedged front. It's just, it's not even, it doesn't even make sense. It's just, it's just a grocery list of all the bits of the robot. That'd be amazing. Well, I don't know if I'm allowed to play a quip from it, but I could. <laughs> we might get pulled, but for copyright. <laughs> this does not remind me of this Vulture, doesn't remind you of Vulture whatsoever. Where's it even? Skip ahead. Let's see what the... Yeah. Man. It's not what I was expecting. I'll tell you what, we record at like nearly nine o'clock at night and uh, I'm going to have to start calming down a bit because... <laughs> <laughs> Get me all psyched up. After hearing that, I look at Vulture. Just that song didn't scream to me. Biggest weakness is the welding. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. Vulture's more like slow and steady. You know? It's just sort of like, because obviously the weapon doesn't like come down very quickly, the overhead spinner. It's kind of a gradual kind of... Yeah, you're here right. Here comes the spinner kind of 180 thing, so. degrees in half a second just isn't very quick. Apparently that's what it can do. I didn't see it do that at any point. Man, really? Apparently like, that's... I'd, other than my eyes are deceiving me, because every time I saw it, it would be like, it would start to come down, and then the other bot would like have either flipped them or... <laughs> yeah, the bot would gone to the other you know, side, yeah. and then like, oh, we'll go to the other side where the no. spinner isn't anymore. I mean, it's untested, so I don't know how they got to that conclusion. <laughs> that's a good point. I suppose it's another in theory kind of yeah, deal. Yeah, maybe. Uh, we haven't described the bot at all. And it's something completely new, so I suppose we should. Yeah, definitely. A wedge, blue and black. Um, it looks like a fairly low to the ground wedge, actually. It has little, um, little prongs coming off to try and get under as well. Really, the main feature is the weapon, which is both at the back and at the front. It is essentially an axe, but instead of an axe head, there is a spinner there. <laughs> like, when you actually put it on paper, that is a freaking awesome idea. And it's quite clever in the fact that because that arm can move up and down, spinners often have to get up to speed. Well, you don't have to worry about something trying to bump into your spinner and stop it if mm. you can move where the spinner is exactly. until it's up to speed and then pop it in a place and use it to hit. 
Unfortunately, it's not the strongest spinner in the world. I can't find too much details on it, but the details I can find are it's a pretty small one. Maybe what they're after is the mixture of the spinner along with the force of it coming down like an axe. It's an axe spinner. And also combine that with the fact that everybody's preparing to take a spinner attack from the front. Mm -hmm. But no one thought about taking a spinner attack from above. That's a good point. Yeah, How many robots say that their their weak spot on their armour is the top panel? That is a very good point. In theory, this idea has potential. Yeah. Just needs a bit of a bit of ironing out. It's really difficult to execute when you think about it. We're talking a spinner on an arm. How often do spinners themselves just stop? Yeah, exactly. Stop working. There's so many things that can go wrong there. Especially when they're dealing with impact. The front wedge is hard ox, so it's nice and hard. Yeah. And it has um, an anti spinner wedge option, which we will see this episode not used by Vulture. No. But at least we'll see it, yeah. which is nice. So, all in all, the bot is very experimental, but practical in some places. Mm-hmm. Has the ability to self write with the arm, yeah. which is nifty. It's better than a lot of bots with spinners, which just kind of hope the spinner will self write the robot theoretically sort of its weight is 100 kilograms according to every source so this definitely has Ah. dropped 10 kilos of weight so they cut 10 kilos of weight why would that be or is that with or without the front wedge? that's exactly what i was going to say maybe the other wedge adds a few more kilos on if it's if it's an anti-spinner one i imagine it's probably going to be heavier so i'm guessing interchangeable parts might be a reason why they kept the weight down to start with it makes sense. If you're making a robot with interchangeable bits, you've either got to make sure those interchangeable bits are the exact same weight, or you make a slightly lighter mm. bot to begin with. That makes, makes sense. sense to me. Yeah. That's Vulture. All right, we're going to move on to Rapid. No, we're not, because we haven't said the quip. I thought I was going to get away with that, but... But um, the joke they've yeah. gone with, praying from overhead. Yeah. Because, you know, praying because a... Uh, from overhead because it's a vulture yeah vultures pray from overhead i guess i mean i mean this is actually vulture after the pendulum song but i mean you know and vultures tend to eat carrion which you know is is stuff already dead yeah they can prey on stuff but they usually wait for something to die first and then they eat it and then pick at it yeah so it's (laughs) i was saying that this robot (laughs) the idea is it will wait for another robot to die and then it'll go hit it a little bit then it'll go nibble on it (laughs) It's like, eh. <laughs> oh, well, that's nice. With that, shall we move on to rapid? Let's talk about more to rapid. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I made the same joke last season. That was smooth. <laughs> you are using this whole process to find talent. Yeah, I mean, Robot Wars inspires engineering. It's how I got into engineering. The best people that we want to hire need to be better than everybody we know okay so anyone that beats us come and see us (laughs) people that watch robot wars in the next few months you know eight ten twelve years old are the people who are going to be the engineers in the next 20 years this (laughs) so rapid yep um a money bot Twenty-five thousand pounds thereabouts who knows how much it actually cost because it could be a case of it's theoretically worth 25000 but when they've got all the parts and everything through the company, yeah, wholesale and 
you know Maybe. And, and has access use... to all of the tools necessary to build movies, is it uh, you know? theoretically the man hours the pieces would cost you twenty five thousand, yeah or does it actually cost the company twenty five thousand? in which case it would be worth more twenty than twenty five thousand as i was a about to say it was twenty five grand including any areas where he could discount himself Man. so who knows how which way it goes all i know is it's a very well built machine not very successful last season got damaged realized they couldn't fix it because they over-engineered it had to withdraw done couldn't replace the parts that were broken because the parts that were broken were unique <laughs> were, t- were too good <laughs> yeah. not- custom built parts could not, not be replaced not built for competition there is it no no so previous rapid more of a showbot than a competition oh, bot. yeah yeah this new rapid which is quite a bit different actually I've, the handbook has the picture of the previous one which i didn't realize actually looks decently different especially there's no yeah um polycarbonate ca- uh, panels yeah, inside they, and stuff they the change the look a little bit still the same general idea a very low to the floor wedge it's essentially going for being perfect flipper that's the idea behind it absolutely and i mean it lives up to its name because it can hit 23 miles per hour or 37 kilometers an hour and uh it's a very fast spot it's a very very fast spot but the flipper is both its strength and its weakness that is true why is that ben that is because the flipper is so powerful that it could actually flip itself into the shadow realm that is and that is a huge risk as well because then they can't repair the robot because it's not here anymore it's no longer yeah. in earth realm exactly. and what do you do then you have to buy a new one you have to buy that realm <laughs> you have to buy the realm luckily he might be able to afford it but unfortunately it could take a while the flipper can um flip at seven tons of force and can apparently flip a van a meter into the air Oh, well, we can all flip a van into the air. One meter into the air. So the whole van would go up. I'm not saying that's not true. It might be true. But picture wedging rapid under a van. Mm -hmm. Maybe the wheel. Or maybe we've taken the wheels off and it's like (laughs) flat against the ground. Wedging rapid underneath it. Mm -hmm. Activating rapid. And the van launching a clear meter into the air. Or is it in theory given... The average weight of a van. I think that's going to be more the, the case. Estimated weight that Rapid can launch. I think the shape and size of Rapid and a van. I'm sure. It, yeah, maybe it would tip it over. Yeah, maybe. And I'm sure it could probably flip the weight of it a meter into the air. The van itself. That's uh, probably just a. You know, they're just playing around with their words there to make yeah. it sound nicer. It is still basically. It's the most powerful flipper in the competition and through most of this episode it's only going at 20 percent its power and it still quite comfortably flips things out of the arena so it looks basic but it's anything but a basic robot it's heavily armored different types of armor they got five millimeter hardened steel 12 millimeter polycarbonate 20 millimeter hdpe that's what gabriel's wheels are made of hardened tool steel plate that's very tough solid steel spike pods i don't even know what that means nope reinforced plastic to absorb shock basically every part of the robot has been custom armored depending on what it does Mm. which i suppose when you have money and time to put into it that's what you do do you remember the name of the company no what was it so it's called rapid the company is rpd oh yeah yeah rapid have we got a quip we do have a quip Catch it if you can. You, you can if you're, if you're travelling faster than 23 miles per hour. 
You can if you're travelling faster than £25,000 an hour. <laughs> Catch it if you can. It gets caught a couple of times this episode. Yeah. Dead Metal catches it a couple of times, yeah. actually. Well, that's what Dead Metal does. Yeah, it's, it's Dead Metal's thing. It's the the goalie of the uh, Housebot team. So. Yeah. yeah. She is. It's official. Dead Metal she. is a she. Well, yeah. yeah. I get it, yeah. There's no one ever no one ever mentioned it until the book came out. Well, I mean, no one thought that the Housebots needed gendering until the book came out. <laughs> Matilda's always been a she, let's face it. Well, there. Yeah. And well, you <laughs> Sir Killalot's. It's a, it's a woman's name. I mean, I suppose. <laughs> and Sir Killalot's always been a he, but then I guess yeah. Sir is a. Sir Killalot. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, Lady Killalot. So it's potential vulnerability, other than being difficult to repair, which is its big weakness. Oh, yes. It's axe bots, actually. The most, um, or should I say, the least armoured part is that top panel. And the, like you said, the flipper can be a danger to itself. Mm-hmm. Complex design, complex repairs, which was its fatal flaw last season, although yep. I'm guessing they've made it repairable this season. They're not just hoping to not take damage. I was expecting him to like have an industrial-sized laser 3D printer just dragged into the pits. <laughs> Came prepared this time, guys. Well, like we said, that team captain, Josh Falman, CEO of RPD, plenty of yep. money and a company behind him to get this machine made. And what's he doing this year? What does he say his reason is for oh, being there? Oh, he's hiring. <laughs> Scouting for talent. He's if hiring. If you can beat RPD. He, he'll give you a job. He'll give you a job. What if <laughs> What if Traction then beat them? Well, work experience. I suppose so. And that's free. Yeah, <laughs> Done. Nice and easy. Yeah. The Flipper is one of the most flush to the floors in history, and this will come into play greatly. Getting under Rapid... From the front is near impossible because they will always get under you. There are molecules in between them and the floor. I'd say at least, at most, an atom. An atom. A single atom. atom gap. Yeah. Could you imagine the wedge that could get under that? He got out his atomic ruler to to take a quick look and make sure. Technology that's not even been invented yet. And it's used solely so that he can design a robot for Robot Wars. (laughs) Well, those are the bots. Those are our bots this episode. Shall we look at predictions from the predictors? From the predictorizers. I've got two pages of predictions now. Reel them off. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're here another hour. Good point. <laughs> we'll go through our big three at least. There's me, I went, first, rapid, second, yep. terahertz, and third, vulture. You went apex to win. <laughs> <laughs> then rapid, then vulture. Vulture yeah. was one of the most popular third place spot, I think, other than the or no Vulture and Apex about about tied there. And Ukulele Chris went first terahertz, second Bucky, third rapid. We all went completely differently. Yeah, we did. Like totally, totally differently. We all predicted a different winner. We all predicted a different second place, and we both predicted Vulture third, he predicted rapid. So pretty crazy. And between us we all voted rapid in the in one place each. Me first, you second, ukulele third. So we all saw something in that bot. We all saw something in that bot. You were one of the only, if not... Let me have a quick look. Ben, you have the honour of being the only person, the only person out of about 50 predictions... To not have terahertz in your top three. Oh yeah, no, I know, <laughs> I know that. 
I immediately went to Twitter after the episode and said that I am the worst. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Oh, yeah, I am the worst. We'll go through a few more and then I'll just sort of talk about the general trends because it's getting to the point where naming everyone is going to take up half a podcast. <laughs> but let's have a look here. Um, Peter, just Peter. Rapid, terahertz, then Apex. Um, who else have we got here? Mr. Psycho went with terahertz apex and vulture predicting rapid would have to withdraw again <laughs> not this time mm. james shelton went with rapid terahertz and apex thomas johnston terahertz rapid apex kieran white rapid terahertz bucky um simon griffiths terahertz rapid vulture mm-hmm. um kaylee j terahertz apex vulture most if not everyone Terahertz and Rapid were in the top three. Vulture saw a good showing. I was going to say, Vulture getting a good bunch of name drop there. And Apex. A lot of people saw a lot in Apex. But quite a few people also <laughs> made the prediction that Apex was just going to kill itself, which it eventually well, did. I've yeah. been very, I was very carefully avoiding all spoilers. Because I know that there have been some leaks and There'd some be, footage yeah, some that probably shouldn't have along. gone public. And I managed to avoid all of that. And now I wish I had them. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'd have more points. Well, have more sweet, sweet points. points. <laughs> what I will say is, one of the first predictions I made for the episode, when we saw the preview last week, yeah. was that Apex was going to kill itself. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't know if it was itself or something else. I th- The way it was framed, yeah. I was like, I bet that's Apex just splitting apart. Unfortunately... I had that confirmed for me when on the BBC website, oh, not the RobotWars.tv one, not the Mentor Run one, the BBC. BBC one. As you do. They had a video about Apex, which was spoiler free. It was just their intro package, like exactly what we saw on the um, show. Yep. But the thumbnail for it was a picture of Apex midair, one part of it, one side, bar the other. And I was like, oh, oh so that what people have been predicting is right. God damn it. Luckily, by that point, I think most people were kind of guessing it happened. But if you didn't, you you knew straight away then. And you knew straight away that it was probably not going to... I mean, It was certainly not going to come in first. Yeah, let's put it this way. It was against Traction. I think most people knew it wasn't going to be a top-performing robot. It ends up doing pretty damn good for itself. It really does. For multiple reasons, but it does. But yeah. Let's just say that much. Uh, it became quite clear then that Apex was not going to be in most people's top three. Bit of a shame that BBC spoil a few things. That's the biggest part of the episode, arguably. Yeah, it is the it's the action replay moment, isn't it? It's the crazy bit. Yeah, I'll, I'll go through one question from Colin N I C H O W L Nickel Nickel. That's what you're called now, anyway. <laughs> How can we have two bots from the grand final last season in the same heat, plus Aftershock. So it means last week when we had Eruption, Carbide, and Aftershock all in that grand final episode, all in the same heat. And the answer, Colin, is because that's who was chosen to be in that heat. I, There's no yeah. seeding system. So they aren't purposely keeping all of the top performing bots apart on one hand, you could argue this stops you having the same finalists every mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. Because you could argue that without Carbide on the table, Eruption was surefire grand finalist. Oh, yeah. Without Carbide and Eruption on the table, 
Aftershock may have had a much better, you know, you keep, you can keep going. Yeah. And suddenly you've got the same six bots in the final as last year and then next year and then, or last season, not last year, but what, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I suppose it would be nice if it was just a random draw because then you could have that and not purposely be putting yeah, and you, these robots and no together. One question it, you know, it would just happen naturally. It would happen naturally. I'd like to see that in the future. Then the risk there is you could have an episode that is six spinners yeah. and then another episode which is six flippers and usually it's good to keep it a bit varied for entertainment purposes plus you would run the risk of a lot of uh not less interesting bots but less action-based bots all like sharing a heat and it'd be a really dull episode so they at the end of the day they do have to produce entertainment they have to produce something people are gonna watch yeah else you don't get robot wars anymore I also asked after this episode what everyone's favourite moment was of this season. If we could say the episode, in which case everyone just went, ah, oh, Apex's bar. Most people said Gabriel versus Carbide. Good. Which was actually a triple threat match, but we'll ignore oh, Big Nipper there. <laughs> was it though? Unfortunately. <laughs> then uh, Behemoth versus Apollo got mm-hmm. a few mentions and so did uh, the Apex situation, which we'll get into now that we're going to talk about the mm-hmm. episode We're greeted with the same intro as last time, in the sense that we're getting Dara and Angela in a podium greeting us live, not live, yeah. live, but you get what I mean, in the arena, surrounded by people like a sport. I like the uh, previously, and it's just previously on Robot Rolls, carbide. <laughs> and now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, that says everything, really, doesn't it? Yeah. We get the little intros for each team in our first bout, which is. Bucky the Robot versus uh-huh. Rapid mm-hmm. versus Traction. The intro for Bucky. Do you notice they have the... Uh... They had uh, like a little shot of like the 3D like design program and it was uh, just actioning Bucky's biting motion and he was just holding a little carbide up to it as <laughs> if he was feeding it. I just like to think <laughs> what would happen to Bucky if they did grab carbide because it would just shred. There would be bits of Bucky all over It the would place. lose that top jaw. It would. God, it would be absolute slaughter. It would rotate and balance the jaw. Um, for Rapid, you just see different currencies flying at the screen, and it all goes into um, a 3D motion because they paid for it to be um, no glasses 3D. So you just see money <laughs> flying <laughs> past your face. It's incredible. <laughs> That's basically the gist of, what, oh, yeah, <laughs> of, yeah, yeah. of the Rapid intro. We yeah. made big money, robot. Come try and beat us. Bet you can't. Yep, no one does. <laughs> Traction. No mention of Will, which I think is good because it, it gives got to keep them separate, yeah. and it gives you know it gives the kids the time of day. It's not just about exactly their teacher yeah. who did it for them. You know? Exactly, best sports in the competition. I'll say that right now. Yeah, they really are. They're they they are sportsman- there to have a good time, big They're time. Getting the sportsmanship award this oh, year, by definitely. Unless someone really outdoes them, they've got three weeks' experience. All you need, 
Yeah, see? Anyone can do it. Yeah, anyone can do it, as long as their teacher is uh, Will Thomas of Aftershock. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that might have helped a little bit. <laughs> but youngest team in the competition, and they've got a decently sturdy bot to, to get them through it. They have. So let's move on to the first bout. With Matilda, who is not returning Jonathan Pierce's calls. Yep, I was going to bring this up now yep. as well. What is with this weird Jonathan Pierce matilda thing? Are they trying to make it a thing? Yeah, I guess like a meme, just like every week we're going to just get a different version of it. Do you think he comes up with the jokes or he's told he has to say it? The way he says it is so natural that I wonder if he's saying it and then the producers are like, oh, we're going to have to keep it in now. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, other than the weird, I don't want to call it sexualization because it's not that far, but this weird... Um... <laughs> oh man, yeah, what would you call it? Is he romanticising Matilda? I guess, He's doing something with Matilda, and but it's kind of weird. Giving the mental image of, like, Matilda's phone, like, and then Matilda's looking at it and going, nah, it's only Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan. And then turning back to, like, the soaps on the TV or something? I don't know. It's a bit odd, isn't it? Yeah. It is a bit odd. Other than that, though, Jonathan Pierce is absolutely on point. We haven't mentioned him much for the past few episodes, but... He doesn't stop to think. How does he talk in such a way that it's just a flow of consciousness, you know? Um, by not commentating for Robot Wars Live. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I don't think it's, like, edited heavily. Probably not that heavily. He just like, watches the episode and says what's happening really quickly. How and they sad cut to the next one. would it be if he just didn't watch it and he's just given a script and he just reads really it in yeah. like... <laughs> he reads each line in like three different yeah. ways. So and shocked, and calm. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be kind of sad, wouldn't it? No, I think they put him No, he, yeah, he does screen. He does let him, him watch it. Um, yeah. He used to... I don't know if he still is, but in the um, older seasons, he was in the arena and everything. So oh, he was cool. always there. So yeah. that's, no, he's not a, uh... <laughs> he's a professional. It's his job. Yeah, so he's a commentator. There's no like, question just... about how he can do that. He has to be able to do it. So yeah. He does a great job. He does a great job reacting to what's happening on screen. What a guy. I felt like we have to mention him again because we haven't for so long. Exactly. Not just to mention him to complain about his weird obsession with Matilda. Yeah. So the match. Pretty much straight away. Fog of War. Yeah, tentative start, can't see a thing, don't know what's going on. Thoughts on Fog of War? How's it? I mean, we see plenty of Fog of War. This is probably the Fog of Wariest episode. The foggiest episode (laughs) ever. And um, I like it because it brings a bit of variety, but it's getting a proper drumming online. The big issue is not being able to see anything. So it doesn't bring much to the table, people are basically saying. And I think we're going to get to a point where all the roboteers realise when the fog of war happens, just sit still. Just sit still and wait. This is why I think whilst the fog of war's going off, something else all of the, like, every single hazard should just let rip. Like the flippers just going mad. And the spikes are just going up and down constantly. And just do that for the entire fog of war. We do get... um Angela interviewing Lucy later on. They talk about the house robots and stuff like that. Yeah. And they mention the fog of war, sort of defending it a little bit, maybe preempting some of the um, criticism. criticism. Yeah. Because she says, well, it's a tactical thing. You know, okay, you could sit still, but if you're sitting still and there's a spinner in there, that spinner is going to be able to get up to full speed without anything getting up. in its way. Yeah, see. So there are some tactical elements to it. That's true. You could effectively just have shutters 
come down on the roboteers booth so they can't see and then everyone else can see what's going on and try and watch them blind <laughs> control their robots or alternatively take the fog machine and put it in the roboteers room and when it goes <laughs> off all the entire roboteers room fills with fog the fog of war fills <laughs> their room see, it's just their, you just see their go, booth just goes <laughs> <laughs> every time the fog of war goes off this episode the camera cuts to the uh, competitors booth yeah. and you just they're all just they're like oh, oh I can't see they, oh, yeah, it's yeah. not like, like oh no it's trying to catch like, some drum but all it is is they're sort of leaning and going yeah no nah, I can't see anything mate nah, <laughs> that's it no, just uh, wait for it to clear and we'll uh, yeah. yep, there it is okay back to normal because <laughs> yeah, the thing is it lasts like seconds <laughs> it's kind of, I just find it funny like they cut back like oh they're going to they're gonna be panicking what's going to happen oh oh, oh no it's alright now it's gone <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it if like the the production team just got really fed up with all the criticism one day and someone sets off the fog of war and they're like fog of war. And everyone's like, Oh, and they go, and acid rain. <laughs> acid rain starts coming down. <laughs> all the bots are getting torched. It's like, this is horrible. There. You're happy now. The flood of war. Flood of war. Every, everything stops. Everything gets wrecked. And then that's it. Then they drain out. Uh, there's just nothing left. Work? Yeah. Good work. No, it couldn't. It'd be horrible. It'd be brilliant. They're just, they, I don't know, yeah. I think they should just keep going. There should be like seven or eight different things that could happen. So when they hit the, like, randomizer, you really don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, like, so you're talking about kinds of real stuff. crazy stuff happening. Like, like the walls start coming together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you can't stop it. Robot bees. I'd like you know Robot I mean? bees. <laughs> yeah. Or a turret machine gun just appears in the middle of the room. Turret machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be excellent. <laughs> yeah. A big magnet from the room comes down <laughs> and just, just takes picks one of the bots. <laughs> like, like, like a crane coming down, just picks one of the bots up and just takes it, it away. Yeah. And that's it. Crane. <laughs> crane mode. It just comes down. Yeah, I think we'd all enjoy crane mode. Hammers. <laughs> the entire, all of the arena wall is lined with giant hammers and they all just start coming down like crazy. It turns out they haven't got the budget for that. So when hammers happens, just a bag of hammers just gets dropped from the ceiling. That's it. And there's no like, there's, no, there's no pageantry. It's just like hammers and then just crumph. And then they just move on. Yeah, just a bag of standard hammers. And it's like a really, it's like a Morrison's yeah, it's just a plastic odd, bag. Odd sort hammers, just from different, you know, <laughs> all like secondhand and a bit like The thing is, up. you say that, but they used to have the drop zone where the washing machines and stuff would fall onto a robot. Oh my god. <laughs> See, we got a downgraded version of that. We're a bag of hammers. Just a bag of hammers. <laughs> That's the ultimate. <laughs> I'd love it. It's really theatrical. Like, lights start going yeah. off. Hammers! <laughs> and then just. <laughs> Just a bag of hammers. Oh, the hammers have dropped. <laughs> Jonathan Pierce is going mental, and then like no one else is reacting to it at all. Ice rink. The floor disappears, and it's an ice rink now. It's, it's all ice icy floor, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Everything just slides around everywhere. <laughs> Let's see, there's loads you could do. There's loads. Yeah. There's loads. All of it is really impractical. Practical. <laughs> I like the hammers idea yeah. though. Huh? It would be hammers. a um, sort of like um a dud on the uh, Die yeah, of Doom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Because it doesn't do anything. <laughs> it drops a bag of hammers. So you're planning to have something big happen, you do it. You hit the button, just a bag of hammers drops down. And then everybody just continues. <laughs> you do it like the, you do it again. Another bag of hammers <laughs> comes There's hundreds of bags of hammers. It's just, going. this was the guy in the rafters just <laughs> dropping them. got bags. <laughs> Loads of like bag for life filled with hammers <laughs> just chucking them out. <laughs> Hammer rain. It just comes. <laughs> Brain of hammers. Okay. So that's the fog of war. We spiced up this match a bit with our ideas. (laughs) Fog of war. um, Traction get flipped by arena spike. Yeah, the arena spikes are really like either really good or just a nuisance. When it gets right under a robot, it flips it over. Yeah. But then that's what the floor flipper does anyway. Yeah. So there you go. Oh, there you go. That could be one of the um, Dial of Dooms. Arena spikes, but the whole arena. Oh, it really just becomes spikes. <laughs> they just come up. It's, it, that'd be really good, or it'd just act as a pause button, because everyone would just stop moving. Of course, you could replace the arena spikes with hammers. <laughs> just some hammers come <laughs> flying out of the holes. Yeah. <laughs> they don't do anything. They just sort of like fall out of the holes. They fly like when the spikes didn't work properly. Yeah, they just, they just shot sort out. of shot out. It'd just be that. This hammers come out. Oh, I like it. Yeah, see? Mm. I'm going to keep going back to hammers. Okay. Um, so, uh, rapid... Just a very early flips traction out of there. Well played, Dan says in traction. Yeah, so good yeah. sports. He is good sport for a. I mean, considering he's a kid, mm. he's got like more maturity like, than the adults. Really, <clears throat> they're like what two years old. It's amazing yeah. what they can do. Yeah, this <laughs> ends up as basically Bucky the robot versus Rapid. Well, Rapid chasing Bucky. Yeah, not quite yeah. the epic Gabriel and Carbide were. But definitely something different. No, it comes out more like Catch the Pigeon, doesn't it? There's a point where Bucky gets almost flipped out of the arena and sort of like catches itself by its bite. On the wall, yeah. yeah. So they're like biting the wall mm. and they just sort of flail around a bit and get free. <laughs> like you couldn't have like timed it better. Um, but at the end of the day, they were just... They didn't stand a chance against Rapid. No. Rapid's crazy. Considering Rapid are at 20% flipper power, thanks to leakages, they are just... Pushing around Bucky the Robot like they're nothing. Mm-hmm. Constantly trying for out of the arenas. Not that it matters much. Um, Bucky the Robot ends up being hit by Matilda's wheel a little bit. Yep. They get flipped by the arena spike. Yep. They're out of gas. They can't self-right. They're saved by the um, timer. It goes to a judge's decision, despite the fact that they were on their side and weren't going anywhere. Yeah, if a few more seconds and they would have been counted out anyway. Yep. It yep. goes to Rapid controlled easy win for rapid maybe if they were at full power bucky would have been eliminated quicker not to talk bad about bucky or traction because i like both of them when you're dealing with rapid and you give them that as their opening freeway come on man like people were getting like are you saying it was made carbide in their freaking they're saying this was made to feature rapid it's just like rapid was of course rapid was going to walk all over them. i think the idea of this episode or at least this match and a lot of this episode was mm-hmm. two things were going to happen either it's going to be a great highlight reel for rapid they're going to destroy everyone mm-hmm. or the same thing happens as last time yeah and you get the story of rapid get beat by a bunch of newbies or a bunch of kids or they get shown how to they get shown how to do it by the old guard of terahertz. You get what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it I was mean, either there's... gonna be the story of look how great rapid are, or the story of <laughs> they spent all this money on the robot, but the kids beat rapid. So what would the <clears throat> can you imagine how the rest would go if, say, in that first round, rapid just dudded out and couldn't work? 
and they couldn't repair it and it had to bench off. It'd be Terahertz episode by a mile. Exactly, yeah. That because well we will establish that Apex gonna have trouble. Um Vulture are gonna have trouble. Uh traction, uh whilst like kind of cool bot wasn't as competitive, say as the others, Bucky, impractical and cartoony. I mean, this is a really unbalanced kind of act, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, there it's, are two very clear bots that had a good chance, and one of them already had a history of just not working at all. So, yeah. Definitely something. Yeah, it's very it's odd. A very different episode to last week. I suppose, in, in a sense, that's what you want, is yeah. varied episodes. Well, I mean, thank God Rapid pulled it out of the bag and is functioning. Did you notice Angela called Rapid Rich Rapid at this point? Rich Rapid. He just kind of snuck it in there. Nice. So Rich Rapid. I like that. Rich Rapid. Yeah. Money works. That's what Rapid are teaching me. I like the way Dara uh, described that match as teeth chased by a wedge for three minutes. That's what it was. Yeah. It's it really, really what it was. What it was. <laughs> okay, so that brings us to Apex, Terahertz, and Vulture. Apex, their intro package basically confirms that this is a big, this is a big spinner. Big, big, big spinner. Big spinner and a big deal to the Danbies. Yeah, a big deal. Yeah, they take it as seriously as they always do. They, They're they here take every year. Robot Wars I mean, let's very think about seriously. It. Yeah. yeah, they're always about. Then there's um, Vulture, 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 and then what? The... <laughs> I guess it's a spinner, isn't it? <laughs> they, they, it has. I mean, it could inevitably have its own class, couldn't it? Overhead spinner. It's different. Overhead spinner. Sort of a mishmash yeah. of weapons. So, yeah, definitely. And then Terahertz, which is, you mm-hmm. know, Terahertz. Terahertz, who yeah. uh, features John Reed, the father figure, or daddy, as Angela calls him. The wise, old, experienced guy there, knows yeah. what he's doing. Successful robot, enjoying himself. In his element. Just yeah. sitting there, minding his own business. Yep. This is Terahertz. It's going to kill you. It's going to kill you. <laughs> I don't have to worry. I don't have no. to be... <laughs> I don't have to stress or worry. I've got this. <laughs> With both wins and losses, he's nice and calm and collected. If he had pressure on after like a full track record of super wins, then that'd be like, you know, <laughs> there's a bit of pressure then. You can see it in like, you know, Team Apollo's eyes when they're performing. When they're, they're like, going oh. for it, yeah. But, um, you know, Terahertz, yeah, chilled, relaxed, ready, eager. Already a two-time elements. champion. Yeah. They could lose horribly and still be a complete staple of the sport. Exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, they've got the one knockout victory on Carbide. No one's going to take that away from well, them. Well, exactly, yeah. Even yeah. if someone else knocks out Carbide, Terahertz the first. Yeah. No one else has done it. That's what experience yeah. buys you. Okay, so, start of the match. Uh, Apex gets one hit off. I think Terahertz eat the hit. Yeah, Terahertz yep. with their Armox plate and Apex. They don't get up to full speed, but it doesn't, doesn't look yeah. like it anyway. They sort of get a bit of spinning off. That one hit, Apex never uses the spinner again. Oh, the spinner's dead. Something broke off it, and then that was it. Well, apparently, I heard this um, fight was restarted. What? Originally, the first version of this match, I've heard, um, featured Apex just being rammed into the wall, taking an arena panel out off the side, and then having to restart it because there's a panel missing mm-hmm. from the arena. But apparently, they decided to just restart it and not air that. Because the timer stopped. Remember, it's three minutes. Yeah. With two minutes 57 left on the clock. So it happened in three seconds. So they figured not to bother using that footage. But why? I don't know. I guess they just... <laughs> That'd be awesome footage. I guess they just didn't want three seconds of their arena taking a beating <laughs> featuring again. I don't know. So within 
in the reset, three seconds, Apex took out a panel, and then they reset the match. Yep, they completely restart the match. Apex is one hit off terahertz, and they lose all drive in their spinner. Yeah, spinner's dead. They're now a push bot, essentially. That's not very fair on Apex, really, is it? I don't know. Because I mean, anyone watching at home was just like, man, that spinner kind of didn't work. If they knew that it had taken a wall panel out beforehand, <laughs> it would have brought them at least some kind of, you know, it would have given context as to the reason why the spinner is not, not working. working. Yeah, very, very yeah. well. I guess that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah exactly. Terahertz are just a beast. He's such a, like, chilled and happy-looking guy, but his bot is just the most aggressive. That hammer's almost constantly going. It almost always hits. Yeah. That's probably the big thing. Hammers, axes, whatever, mm. with the exception of Thor, yeah. they just seem to so rarely hit. And then when they do hit, it's like... It seems so bounces off. impact. Yeah. Like Terra hurts his axe, and it's, it's landing right into Vulture's... You know, innards exactly it's really getting stuck in right into the the arm the whatever that is i'm there's the chain there and yeah. everything all of that middle of vulture just keeps getting hit by terahertz and every time it hits there's sparks because that's where the spinner is so it's moving yeah. during some of these uh scraps we get another fog of war when apex hit the dial of doom so that's the second fog of war of the night mm-hmm. oh no, i can't see oh well, well we can again let's get back onto it oh man i wish that was hammers unfortunately literally nothing comes of this fog of war so nope. that's a shame exactly vulture's still eating axe shots regardless oh god a uh, vulture's weapon becomes well the weapon is ineffective you see it come down yeah but it just it doesn't reach if that makes sense it just sort of like stops at a point instead of getting I've, I imagined it would just keep going down even once it like started touching the other bot. But it doesn't have, seem to have a lot of strength as it comes down, if that makes sense. It's quite a short arm. And I think when you're using something that swings overhead, yeah. look at Terahertz Axe. It's long. It's yeah. 90 centimetres long, which means it's going to get right over and hit the centre of a robot. It could even like pick up a cluster bot. That's yeah. how low and far it goes. Yeah. Whereas Vulture... The arm is quite short. Mm-hmm. It doesn't extend out very far, which means yep. when you're facing something like terahertz, which is, yeah, it's wedged, but it's not as steep as a wedge of, as a lot of robots. Vulture just doesn't hit the wedge because the wedge is angled. So it, yeah. it never reaches enough to touch terahertz. No, exactly. And it's also, it's got a high ground clearance for what it is. Yeah. Meaning anything that's quite low to the ground, like, I don't know, apex or rapid. Yeah. It doesn't reach it. So that's the big flaw with Vulture's weapon is it doesn't reach anything. Exactly. Which is a bit of a shame. Yeah. It's not long enough. It doesn't go low enough. I mean, if it was faced with a very low to the ground bot, I suppose the do. the idea is you go up the wedge and into it, but mm-hmm. I suppose so. Yeah. yeah. We get a massive direct hit from Terahertz to go get stuck in the center of Vulture. Like yeah, it's so, stays there for a bit. It's almost it's gory. Really brutal, yeah. Yeah, the axe is nasty. <laughs> like having to wiggle it about and just try and get it out with all this blood spurting everywhere. It's horrible. At one point, Apex just comes diving back into the fray randomly. <laughs> when they're it's stuck great. together, Apex yeah. just balls in there like, hey guys, balls I'm still in here. like crazy, yeah. Oh, which I thought was quite cool. Yeah, um, so Vulture now lose drive on one side. Yep. And lost the arm. Yep. Not, it's not off, but it's they, not working. They kind of get timed out at that point. They can't they? move... 
the full circumference of their robots, so they're counted out. It's they're technical spinning knockout, on the, yeah. TKO, yeah, yeah, spinning on the spot. And then the floor spikes uh, kind of have a go at Apex a bit, and then Apex just kind of loses it. I saw mild smoke coming from Apex, and they just sort of die. Terahertz doing a celebratory dance? Yep, turns out they can spin round and round and round. Yeah, they can spin round and round and round whilst... Um, Letting off their axe, so they start bouncing up and down yeah. so horribly. Nuts. Can you imagine yeah. how terrible it would have been if that caused irreparable damage? <laughs> their victory dance. Yeah, it turns out our victory dance uh, kind of puts out the competition there. <laughs> yeah, that would Whoops. suck. But dominant display by terahertz. Can't knock terahertz. That was flawless victory. I don't think they actually took any damage. No. Well, the, the problem was there wasn't any weapons in there that really could do any damage. They tanked apex out very early mm-hmm. and vulture's weapon couldn't really reach them and when it could it wasn't going to get through that armor at the front no so they kind of had free reign to just absolutely lay waste to everyone so it's in theory you know you got the apex is the spinner in there that's mm-hmm. the only thing that could have done something yeah like on paper you've got something that's overhead and something that's spinning versus terahertz unfortunately the overhead thing didn't have any reach and the spinner wasn't reliable and was facing an Armox panel. So yeah. easy win for Terahertz. We got two dominant immediate semi-finalists for the episode. There's not much more to say about that. We no, get, they um, were the ones that were... I mean, looking at the matches now, it's obvious almost, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We now get a clip of Craig Danby getting a bleeped out swear and he's really peed he off. He is so stressed out and he's like throwing stuff on the ground like, through something yeah at it, a teammate do you know why that was why that doesn't actually have anything to do with this episode oh what happened so C- craig danby and jason of team thor yeah well of team thor he is team thor he certainly is we're pranking each other when craig danby got back he realized that jason had taped all of their tools to the workbench that's what he picks up. You realise when you watch it back, you'll realise he picks up a like a hammer yeah. and it's like he peels off the tape. That's what he throws to the ground and stuff. That's what he's peed off about. He's had all of his tools taped to the workbench, and you can see it when you when you know that's what happened and yeah. you see that clip. You can see all the stuff taped, and he's picking it up and throwing it down. He's really peed off. There Jason you go. Is the coolest. That's he is awesome. amazing. That is amazing. Oh, that explains so much. I thought he was overreacting. <laughs> yeah. He... I mean, I know this, like, the bar spin didn't work, but I mean, you know. He's still got the launching pl- things was a bit much. He's still got the loser's bracket to go through. Yeah, exactly. Robot redemption yeah, yeah. And, and all that. Apex, he mentions, is 3,000 hours of work. Yeah. That's a lot of work. And that if it just, like, got destroyed, it would destroy him. I might be paraphrasing here, but it was very, it's very dramatic. It's a very they, unfortunate it so seriously. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he may as well have just sat there and said, man, I would die inside if Apex just suddenly, I don't know, like the spinner just flew off and everything went yeah. horribly wrong. If the spinner just broke off and flew through the bulletproof glass, I just, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think I could come back. <laughs> That's essentially what he's saying. It's so horrible watching it. I had a bad feeling the moment I saw it. I was like, this isn't going to work out. You don't feature these <laughs> clips if you, if it's going to go hunky dory. It feels like Apex is getting screwed over because of the lack of context for everything at the moment. <laughs> the audience didn't know why he was freaking out. They just assumed he was freaking out because they lost and they didn't know why they had spinner issues in the first place. Probably, you know, taken out a side panel, wrecked the 
spinner. <laughs> All we see is just the damn beast freaking out. <laughs> and no one knows why. It's, it's making them look like loose cannons. Man. <laughs> they go mental. Yeah. Okay, so we get Lucy explaining the house bots as a hazard, which I thought was quite cool. They that- say rogue robots again. Rogue bots. Rogue it's quicker bots. to say, done. And it's rogue there. Bots. Rogue bots. But no, rogue robots. She describes the house bots quite correctly as a hazard kind of to be exploited. Well, yeah, that's what Rapid use does them. this episode. Exactly, yeah. You've got to use the house bots, not just run away from them. You've got to find ways to send your opponents so, into them. There you go, Jonathan Pierce. Matilda's there to be used. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> she won't be returning your calls anytime soon. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> So our first bout of robot redemption, the loser's bracket. Loser's bracket. Traction versus Apex. Traction, great team attitude, and they've borrowed a wedge from Vulture. Considering how stressed out we see Vulture throughout most of their clips, it's nice to know they are just a bunch of good blokes who are willing to give their spare wedge to some kids to face the horrible spinner. There you go. And because the wedge is um, attached to the weapon system... It counts as an active weapon because it can move. So because you have to have an active weapon. Oh yeah, to exactly. Qualify. And it still be it's technically active. It's I mean, technically you, an active you're weapon. making the assumption that the traction kids didn't just like nick it off them. <laughs> I don't just, know why. But when in my the head, camera like, comes along, they're yeah, like, yeah, we, they just we let borrowed us have it, it from Vulture, and then like it cuts to like one of them distracting them by dancing, whilst the others just sort of pick <laughs> up and take it away. <laughs> Distracting the whole Vulture team by just just going, hey, look at me. (laughs) And they all turn around and go, hey, that is funny. That's pretty cool. (laughs) And then the rest of the team are just carrying this wedge in the background (laughs) awkwardly. That's how it goes down in my head. Anyway, very tense standoff at the beginning. Just kind of stare each other down a bit, try and feel out the the situation. And then Apex uh, goes in for the kill with the spinning bar at pretty much full pelt at this point and gets, I think, two connections off on on Traction's, well, Vulture's uh, front wedge. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, the uh, portal to the upside down opens and sucks (laughs) (laughs) sucks Apex's bar straight through it. (laughs) All hell breaks loose. How powerful was that bar spinner? It couldn't do any damage to any other bot but itself. One part of Apex launched into Sir Killalot. The bar spinner itself went straight through that first layer of polycarbonate or uh, bulletproof glass. As Jonathan likes to say, yeah. Now, if you watch the clip in slow motion, you get a good angle of it. You will notice that 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 layer does actually stop it. It hits it, mm. goes through it, sure, but it completely slows down. It stops and all then drops. and it drops down. Yeah, and so it does its job. Do take time. note that the polycarbonate panels protecting the audience and the competitors mm-hmm. is considerably thicker. Yeah, big time. Um, there's no yeah. chance of it going through no. there. No. Apparently, there was deathly silence in the arena after it happened, as everyone sort of sat there and thought. Ooh, wonder if anyone's dead. If we cheer and someone's actually been dead, yeah, de- someone, someone's been decapitated. decapitated by that bar, it will be really bad for everybody. The arena protection does work. That's you're not going to get much more crazy things than that mm. happening, and no one's even close to being injured. So that's all good. It was a powerful moment, and uh, Apex get duly punished by Sakilla lot afterwards. Yep, 
plopped straight in the pit, which they disputed. They think that they, it should have gone on because Apex was still a working bot. Don't know if it was or not, but I mean, I guess in theory, well, you can still push things around. Yeah, I suppose. So. How much did the bar weigh again? Nearly 40 kilos. So not quite half the bot's weight was uh Yeah, it was still been 70-ish <laughs> kilos yeah. of robot. Yeah. To, I mean, if it had the those two little spikes and the the drive to yeah. push traction around. One thing I like is before the match, we uh, we hear traction's tactical talk, which is just drive into them and the spin will stop. Well, yeah, that worked pretty oh, damn dude, well. They, they are smart kids because that was 100% exactly what happened. When you watch it in slow motion, what you notice is after they make contact, after Apex make contact yeah. on that um, Hardox wedge... It looks like the mount or something for the spinning bar itself loosens a bit. Mm-hmm. So the spinning bar is now not straight. It's kind of wobbling. Yeah. If you watch the slow motion, you will see the spinning bar hit Apex's own pulley, thus completely loosening the, wow. the whole thing and sending it shooting out. It's incredible, isn't it? Absolutely mental. Eventually leads to my new favourite Robot Wars spin-off, Robot Wars CSI, starring Dara, <laughs> as he crime scenes the investigation. It's like every episode's delivering something. We're that is that a huge moment. moment. Yeah. That, like, think of how crazy we went when that piece of Aftershock got caught in the bulletproof yeah. glass last season. Yeah. Now something's Forget gone about through something's it. Something's took it out. God. Craig vows to never build anything like that again. Well, <laughs> hey, maybe... If they were still shuffling and they had an extra, was it 15 kilos, Mm. they could have used that extra weight to more securely mount that bar so it wouldn't have come loose and then wouldn't have hit itself and then wouldn't have shot into It's a shame they couldn't have test run it at all. One test run and they would have been like, yeah, we need to trim trim some of that bar down. It could have been 10 kilos lighter and still been immense. Exactly. Absolutely immense. They were designing Apex for one punch knockout power only. It worked. There was n- it knocked themselves yeah, out. Knocked themselves out, and part of the arena. But they had no plan B for this bot. One hit knockout done, or the bot's done. Traction win by just being a stable robot of a shield. Yep, exactly. Shields are the way forward in this one. Big time. Now, if they didn't get that front wedge, though, could some of those, could that first impact have done enough damage that they could have both been out? Who Maybe. knows? Yeah. Could you imagine that would have looked like? But that's traction through, and that is the end of the road for the Danbies and Apex. Oh. Never see much success, unfortunately. No, but I always kind of hope that they, they do. They sort of sneak a little further each time. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they're getting there. I just can't wait to see what hap- they come up with next, to be honest. You'd be thinking, I'll just build something practical, responsible, but but aggressive. It's going to come up with something completely wacky, aren't they? Like so, the entire thing's going to be a freaking drum spinner. <laughs> just the entire thing will be a spinning drum. <laughs> okay, backstage, Vulture are freaking out. Proper struggling. Battling the clock, they got 20 minutes. Vulture team member Jarvis is not in the mood for the cameras. No, he uh, did not want to be filmed when he was doing something very, I'd assume, fiddly with the bot. I mean, he was trying to do an awkward screw or something. Probably. And he was like, look, I just I cannot do this with the camera on me. The, at the end of the day, it's a TV show. You've got to 
try and learn to ignore yeah, them. Yeah, I suppose. Because yeah, yeah. the big issue he has now is he's now he's now famous for being well. I say famous. His now big TV moment is him just saying to the camera, "Can you not be here right now? I'm, I'm kind of I, busy." I, it's the way he does it. He's just like, "I just yeah." Like he's like genuinely tense. It's <laughs> not like a give us a break, mate. <laughs> Which is, that would be cooler, you know? Yeah, yeah. Ex- doing it almost comically. Yeah, yeah. Stress. Compare work. that to the kids and the way they're like. It's like <laughs> I just happen to be here. To be honest, <laughs> this is great. I can't believe this. Yeah. I can't believe we won. Yeah. <laughs> what was going on? On the other side of the fence, Bucky's mascot is aimlessly wandering around. Yeah, that was a weird video segment. So we trimmed <laughs> off the bit where Apex took out a wall panel, but we got an entire segment. That was just Bucky's mascot just wandering aimlessly around. They should have played mind games on Vulture. So they should have noticed they don't like being watched by the cameras. Send in Bucky. Send in the mascot to just stand and stare at them. And just hassle them randomly. Just literally just just stare at them from the side. Just be close. Or every time they turn their heads away, it gets a little closer. I thought it would have been funny if they did that whole segment with Bucky, except in the background it's that, everybody's talking at me. (laughs) I don't hear what to say. Oh my god! <laughs> Isn't that like Crocodile Dundee kind of moment where he like goes to New York for the first time and everybody's just rushing about and he's like wandering aimlessly around? Yeah, <laughs> I think that'd be nice. Regardless, Bucky versus Vulture then, and they bump into each other a lot. Um, the arm spinner again doesn't really make a lot of significant contact. No, I mean um, Bucky Vulture both weapons are proving to be a little difficult to get much action or effect out of them um matilda stole the best years of jonathan's life bucky does manage to bite and push uh... after vulture gets flipped over yep. they get a nice bite on it look it looks nice i don't think it yeah. did any significant damage no. but it was it uh... gave him control yeah it yeah. did what it was supposed to do this whole time they get a bite in those yeah. two little teeth on the front do get a good hold yeah they have control they push him into dead metal i think don't they yeah, yeah. Who gets proper involved. Okay, there's some contact there. So there's some good control points, one there. Uh, the Dial of Doom goes, and we get the pit. We get a pit. No more... Well, it's been Fog of War exclusively uh, at the moment, so... Yeah, well, how many Fog of Wars are we up to now? Two three. or three, yeah. Two or three, yeah. Um, Floor Flipper gets another good looking. Also a reoccurring hazard that's getting used really well by the Roboteers. Yep. Bucky can't actually self-write afterwards. No, nope. Um, that's it. Bucky dead. Bucky cannot self-write really very yeah. well at all, to be honest. But it's it's awkward because once Bucky lands on its side, that's it. It yeah. can't self-write from its side. Would it have made sense to have made the sides? It couldn't make it so it couldn't balance on its side. I get you. So it would have just at least it would have, it would have, have rolled one into. Way or the other. Yeah, yeah, that would have made a lot more yeah. sense. A lot of robots have done that before as a way of making sure they can definitely self-write. Exactly. It was a bit of an odd match. Neither could get under the other, despite both being wedged. They were both even in their lack of practical design and it led to a kind of a weird match, but it was, it was entertaining to watch and did see some good driving out of them. Yeah. It was an interesting you know? one. Yeah, there um, some tactics in play. Yeah. This is two brand new bots that are doing something a little different. They're trying yeah. something different and there's teething problems. Uh, so, uh, uh, yeah, see, that's right. like Bucky has teeth. Yes. Uh, uh, no. I genuinely wasn't going for it. Yeah. Only when you went, uh, did I went, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> I nice. did that. Accidental humor. <clears throat> Accidental humor. But that's Bucky the robot out. No yep. more mascot. See, then it should have cut to them losing and then Bucky the mascot. And it sh- should have started playing like Dust in the Wind or something. That'd be quite nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. Maybe Sound of Silence. That'd be nice. Yeah. I'm just going to like ruin the uh, 
the music budget for the episode. By the end of the yeah. <laughs> so licensing <laughs> and then all this music. Freaking November rain should start playing <laughs> at the end and all these fireworks go on. <laughs> fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> We're into the semi-finals for the episode. Rapid versus Traction. Rapid win. Yeah, that's what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> My entire notes are rapid versus traction, rapid flip traction out, rapid win. Moving on. Ter- <laughs> <laughs> there isn't anything else to say. There Even are a the couple of things to say. So they went for the very quick win because yeah. they noticed the potential leak. So they were like, right, yeah. doesn't matter to their kids. We've got to either win quickly yeah. now or potentially lose due to technicality. Yeah. This is a new record. This is the quickest match in Robot Wars history. Really? Previously, Gravity versus Dan Tom Kia was 5.8 seconds. Yeah, yeah. This lasted 5.6 seconds. This is the fastest wow. bout in Robot Wars history. That's crazy, isn't it? That's how quickly they did it. And it was actually, like, not an easy move either. No. They had to scoop him up, guide them to the wall, and then send them flying. Did it with ease. What I will say is, these quick sort of losses might almost be working, or these quick matches even, yeah. in traction's favour. They're not it's taking not, any damage. They're not. It's not like no. they're having to yeah. do much maintenance. You think their last two matches, they haven't done anything. Yeah. They've just stood there. They've waited. And the match has gone and around them. And it's working well. Pacifist bot. They've essentially... It's basically a pacifist bot. They've entered a boulder, yeah. and it's yeah, working it's really working. well. <laughs> so you're arguing that there are certain bots that would have done better if they were just a breeze block just on the floor in the arena. Rather than trying so hard, just don't do anything. Just don't do anything. Just tank. Wait for the other yeah. robots to just die. It's not even tanking. It's just either like winning or losing either way, just doing it in the most peaceful and quiet way possible. Okay, so that leads us to Terahertz versus Vulture, who have put pillow armour on top <laughs> pillow you say it as if they literally got some pillows and just started like gluing it to the top may as well have it's almost it's almost that is it some sort of styrofoam or something underneath a panel it looks like that's what it is to try and absorb shock and it's held there velcro by velcro which angela found baffling almost <laughs> it's like you're using velcro when you look at the pillow and then you look at terahertz's axe yeah, it's not good <laughs> it's, it's, that is about as effective as if I try to use a pillow to yeah. defend myself against an axe. Yep. I'm just going to hit straight through it. it. And and lo and behold, bit of a chase, and the axe very soon takes them out. Very picks them soon. apart. Yeah. This is ruthless aggression by Terahertz. Complete masterclass. Hit after hit yep. after hit. The pillow flies off yep. very quickly at no effect. Then again, Velcro. Yeah, maybe that pillow thing... Did absorb a blow or two, yeah. but it died in the process. So, oh, big time. And then Terrahertz just kept hitting. Just strike after strike. We get Fog of War, and then we get Fog of War again. The double Fog of double War. Double Fog of War. How many Fog of Wars this episode? This just, is the Fog of War yeah. episode. I haven't seen half this episode, because yeah. <laughs> there's everywhere. fog everywhere. It's one foggy episode. But each time there is a, a result. The first yeah. fog of war happens, Vulture are just in dead metal's arms. The second yep. fog of war happens, Vulture are on the flame pit. <laughs> so then, Nothing makes any sense. It seems like it's working on Vulture, the less calm of the two teams, who seems like, oh my god, fog, quick. It's almost around. like they have like teleportation capabilities, but they can't control them. <laughs> so just all of a sudden they're on a fire pit. Uh. Terahertz actually lose um, their gas in the end. They 
They don't have an axe anymore. Doesn't matter. Just pushes Vulture yeah. around. They'd already won on strike. Spins anyway. on the spot and hits yeah. him with the axe from the back. Exactly. They run over the um the spikes and no spikes come up. It seems like some fireworks came up instead. <laughs> that happened last episode. I think you'll find matches that were filmed between the spikes launching into the air and yeah. then being repaired. That's what you're seeing. When you're seeing just those sparks come up, mm. you're seeing the spikes technically activate, but there's no spikes inside there. That makes sense. So yeah, like I said, between that um, match where the spikes flew out with Sabretooth in it, if you remember that, and when they eventually got repaired. So it's just, just to do with the order of the filming, basically. So that's why that happened. Well, that makes more sense. There so judge's decision, who won? Well, judging by the amount of times you saw an axe go down, sparks fly everywhere when the axe went down, and poor old Vulture just get destroyed, it goes to Terahertz. Terahertz. Really dominant victory. Good on Vulture for taking that many axe blows and surviving. That's a lot. How many axe hits do you think there were? I'm going to say like 30 to 40. It was pretty constant. I counted 14 direct hits on camera. That's insane, isn't it? I heard more yeah. if um, when they shot to the booth. I, I don't know like how many... It was constant for three minutes. It was almost constant. Yeah. Well, the last minute oh, when yeah, they lost their yeah, back, yeah, yeah. they just pushed them around instead. Oh, exactly. Which, you know, is still offence, isn't it? So Easy um... win for Terahertz. So now we go on to the match, which will decide who gets entered in the 10-bot absolute monster rumble that's going to be awesome and I can't wait. And it's Vulture versus Traction. Or is it? First, we get to see uh, Vulture take back their wedge that they gave Traction. (sighs) Karma's not going to like that. No, no, you get punished. Traction, Dan, great sport. Mm-hmm. Like the whole, de- like the first thing he says is, oh, they've helped us so much. If they get through, I hope they win it because they've been really big help to us. But if we get through, oh, that'd be great as well. Yeah. So whilst he's giving that interview, what you mm-hmm. didn't notice is um, the rest of the team approach Vulture with their wire clippers and sabotage it. Yeah. And the end result is Vulture is dead. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> That's why they're not surprised when they get told by Angela later. <laughs> She's like, oh, guys, bad news for Vulture. Uh, they can't enter, so you're through. And they're like, "Oh, that's uh, that's news." Doesn't to she us. even say, "Oh, like I guess yeah. the it hasn't." She's hit. like, "You were more excited when Rapid flipped you out." <laughs> I guess What's going hit on here? <laughs> Interesting. And I like how the traction team are just hanging out in some weird corner of the arena. Like, oh yeah. well, it couldn't be us. Look how far away we are from everything. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, we're behind this tape. We couldn't possibly have had anything. Why were they over there? Because oh, they Because they sabotaged Vulture. I'm telling you, they, they sabotaged Vulture. Hiding in their little den. Wiring issues mean they would have to completely take the whole machine apart just to repair it. Traction go through by default. That's it. To the ten bot rumble. That'll be an interesting one. they've got some stiff competition in there it's going to be a bit of a bloodbath if they win it oh my god everyone else takes each other out they use their tactics they still they just wait whilst everyone just takes each other out and then then traction go through wow that'd be amazing I'd be amazed that is an awesome idea because the whole point of this robot is not that it's a great bot it's that the kids cheat they steal the wedge of backstage. they sabotage it it's genius it's different type of warfare that no one else saw coming there's no rules in war. Yeah. These kids recognise that. They're mm. smarter. They're smart. But this is the internet They generation. know they're kids. Yeah. They know if they act like kids, 
that are good sports, no one's going to suspect a thing. Exactly. That's why he's so like polite to all the other roboteers. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait till he sabotages carbide yeah. and traction. <laughs> End carbide's undefeated streak they've had since last season. For some season. strange reason, carbide's having drive issues. <laughs> you see the kids looking really shifty. Somehow, carbide have no wheels. <laughs> Where did the wheels go? <laughs> you just see Doesn't on matter. traction they now has two giant yellow <laughs> wheels. wheels on it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, carbide just let us have like their robots. So, <laughs> so like, uh, it's really nice them to donate there. <laughs> <laughs> you can see him, Team Carbide walked about backstage. Where the hell's the bot gone? How did, how did we lose this? How What's going on? The whole bot. <laughs> okay, so we know who's going to go through to the Rumble. Now we get to the final of this heat, which is Rapid versus Terra Hertz. It's always going to be this way. Yep. There was never any other way it was going to go. Well, I tried to be a bit risky with my predictions, but Apex, it did not pay dominate off. Dominate everything, destroy yeah, the world. Imagine? I just thought, man, this is it. This is their year. <laughs> Turns out it wasn't. Turns out, no. The new faces versus the old guard of Terahertz. Most dominant bots in the heat, so yeah. makes sense. You know what the biggest factor in this match was? That's well, I thought I say the front wedge of Rapid. Ground clearance, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That front wedge is one Terra of the best Hearts I've ever seen. Cannot get a moment where they're still and in front of Rapid. They do get some hits off and Rapid's top panel starts to break away, but Every time they go up to Rapid, they just start to go over Rapid. Terahertz relies. They have that on that wedge at the front. Mm. They push into an opponent. As they're pushing them, mm-hmm. the axe comes down. Yeah. Nice and easy. They can't do that Rapid. They go up to push them, and they just go straight up the wedge. And then you're even more vulnerable yeah. with that flipper there. It's a hell of a bout, actually. Uh, Terahertz do well to survive as long as they do. They but... do, and they get some damage in. Like I say, the, the top panel starts to go, and... It's the extra top panel, though. If you notice, Rapid put, put a um, a pillow on a top. pillow panel on, yeah. and that goes quite quickly. It makes you wonder if they didn't put that on, maybe that could have been a big killing that blow. Could have punched right through. You don't know. Yeah, don't know. But Rapid's control in this match is oh, it was great, absolute perfect. And it was weird to see Terahertz on the defensive. Yeah, completely different yeah. to what we're used to. They were having to try and steer themselves away from the uh, from the wall yeah. because there was what two instances at first where they nearly got flipped out. Oh, they every, start going that direction. Every second, they're even close to the wall. That reaction time by Rapid, they're yeah. just right there and, and ready. And Rapid weren't spamming flips like, say, Apollo would. Just one solid, specific flip. Well, they know that rather than flip and terahertz just get back up, sometimes it's better to just push it around and have, yeah. that, have that control. Wait for the option to arrive, you know. Terahertz use a lot of gas this fight just self-writing yeah which means they end up having to really conserve their axe shots for when they know they can get a blow in mm. which is not very often against rapid rapid are in total control of terahertz they push them into dead metal mm-hmm. they push them into dead metal again they almost launch them out of the arena that was more luck on terahertz part they didn't fall out of the arena it looked like they were going straight out and they just dropped beforehand yeah really lucky inches away um, Terahertz makes chase briefly on Rapid, but then they just turn around, come back, flip them straight into the wall. A huge push. And as they push, big flip. Um, Terahertz goes up a good meter, meter and a half and just hits the wall and falls off it. It's a clinic 
by Rapid. It is. It is. Um, if you notice, every time they flip, though, Rapid, the flipper stays open for a little while and yeah, slowly comes that. down. That's quite unnerving. It like, has like a bit of a reset um, yeah. time. I don't know if it gets wedged for a bit and they have to wait for it to sort of loosen up and fall back down again or something. It's, I think it is something like that. And that could end up being their downfall in the grand final against something yeah. like Carbide. Because they're utterly exposed whilst that's up. Let's say they miss a flip. And that's probably why they're so uh, conservative with their flips. And then a spinner goes in there, you, you're done at that point. Like you, You're probably just yeah. going to be out of the competition, whether you should go through or not. Um, Rapid do get caught by Dead Metal a couple of times, and Dead Metal gets a couple of uh, nibbles in, but nothing yeah. really that crazy. Well, they know that when it comes to Dead Metal, grab some theatrical attack by the blaze. Or, yeah. yeah, And then just release... That tends to be the pattern. Yeah. Well, they do get trapped between Terahertz and Dead Metal. So they just push into Dead Metal and get under Dead Metal and escape. Yeah, and like escape, that. yeah. That's such a rapid thing to do. Terahertz, they end up on top of Rapid. Rapid flip them out of the arena. Yeah. As John explains, it's simply a case of every time they were on Rapid, their wheels are no longer touching anything. Yeah, exactly. Which meant they were completely vulnerable. Rapid could do whatever they wanted. Good final bout. Really solid match. Dominant by Rapid, but Terahertz put up a fight as much as they could, considering how how weak they were to Rapid. Something that's such a good wedge, such yeah. a low to the ground beast of a wedge. Rapid finally doing what they've been built to do. It is a reliable bot. A reliable. Yeah, it's a reliable. The armor bits, should you know. be pound coins. Just uh, all the old pound coins. Should just be... All the old pound coins glued to it. <laughs> glued to it. <laughs> they go everywhere. One like carbide hit, and they'd just be like. Bullet holes in the glass where pound coins have gone flying through it. They should have um, entanglement weapons with old pound coins. With old pound coins just tied up, yeah. yeah. Or just go. gold chains. Or gold chains. Pure gold chains. chains. It's a soft metal, but exactly. it doesn't matter. It would just fall apart, but it'd look <laughs> awesome. It'd be amazing because it's gold. Well, so what do we think, Rapid? They, they didn't tank any major concussive hits. They took some axe hits... They took a couple but, of but good axe hits. hits aren't knockout hits. No, and they I'd managed like to, to avoid them, most yeah. of the axe hits. I'd like to see them take a knockout hit and keep going. I think that's going to be the big test. That is yeah. their big test for the grand final, is Carbide. Yeah, of course it is. Everyone's big test is Carbide. But uh, we've seen could... other bots tank hits from Carbide. Yep. Whereas Rapid, I get the impression that one big hit could do it in. Yeah. So it's all based around not getting hit. When I think there's a very good chance we will see Rapid versus Carbide as the grand final bout, and Carbide will just take back their crown. Yeah, good I point. think there's a yeah. good there's a good chance of that happening. Let's say Carbide runs at full force of them at yep. them, and they just go straight up Rapid's wedge, yep. and Rapid flips them out the arena. That can happen. It can. There's if no Rapid are quick and well controlled enough. Yeah. that they have that advantage that say TR2 and Eruption have mm-hmm. that they no matter what they're facing no matter how powerful it is if they just get that moment a quick out of the arena flip quick if they want. so we could be looking at our next champions that'd be a shame if they hire no one because no one could beat them <laughs> I know because no one could beat them <laughs> I don't know but I'd say so far our grand final is a pretty solid lineup. Mm-hmm. Behemoth yep. the old guard Carbide the uh, returning returning technically not undefeated but undefeated since the start of last season. Yeah. And, and Rapid the money. Rapid the complete new blood money. I mean, yeah. do you really count last year's? No. God it's no. not much of a, no, not exactly. much of a showing. This is a, a new Rapid with a new 
not much of a new philosophy. The philosophy is money wins, and it really money does. Money will win. I mean, it, it's kind of ironic that Rapid have like the fastest uh, match because obviously it's called Rapid. That's their gimmick. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, quick, quick and easy. They are. Josh of Team Rapid, the CEO of his own damn company, he does mention that there are a lot of robots. Like twenty five thousand pounds, like, oh, that sounds like a lot, but there are plenty of robots in the competition that, if you look at it over time, as much if not more has been spent on their robots. So it's not like that's that insane. Storm Two is a great example. That's about the money amount of money that's been spent on t- Storm Two overall. Oh yeah, if, if if you took some of the old school bots and added up everything that had been done to them over the course of years. You're looking at loads, loads of, money. of money. Loads of money. Well, how many flippers, Angela's presenters, do you give this out of presenters? five? Presenters, it's gonna be a healthy. I feel like it was a. I feel like it was a three. I gave it a three. Exactly. Yeah. Solid three. Probably the weakest yeah. of this season. But that's not that it was a completely weak episode. It's still above average. It was full of really likable characters. Good and characters. I think that entertained me more. Yeah. Um, Nice, new, fresh things we've not seen a lot of before. Yeah. Interesting ideas. Yeah. Two dominant bots that had a good match at the end. Yeah, really. Exactly. Yeah. That's what, that's what the whole episode really was. Terahertz yeah. or Rapid. Who was going to win? Oh, oh, it was Rapid. Yeah. The end. Very clear. And a big event. moment. You know, that big shocking moment Oh, and a big moment. moment. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you yep. that mm-hmm. for the first time, we have a full house with our predictions. Someone... Well, I say someone, two people managed to correctly predict first, second, and third place. Wow. Yep. So who are the people who have looked into some crystal balls? The Mozone Mm -hmm. and Frey Fox. Congratulations. You're our first six pointers. Crikey. No one else has managed it so far. And even after all these predictions, only two people have managed to correctly predict a heat. That's how difficult to predict all of these heats are. It really is, isn't it? So say what you want about how they're choosing the lineup for each heat. They're not making it predictable. Nope. Exactly. Not even close. I can also tell you, since we're halfway through now, mm-hmm. if we go to the points and take a look at who's performing the best. Yeah. So out of me, you and ukulele Chris, uh-huh. bottom with three points, Yep. ukulele Chris... Next, you. with four points, is you. Hey. But purely thanks to my correct prediction of numbers one and two this episode, I'm up there with seven. God damn. If I'd got it wrong this time, I would have had two. <laughs> <laughs> but top of the whole league currently at this yeah. halfway point is a gentleman by the name of James Shelton, who is at 11 points. 11 points. Yep. Well done, James. And just to make make you aware of how much this can change, for Heat A, he got one point, mm-hmm. but he's got five points for Heat B and C. The max you could get so far would have been 18. So the top performer so far has 11 out of 18. And that even more reflects on the fact that it's completely anybody's game. Yep. Second place has 10 points. There's one or two nines. And then a few eights. Most people have gone into higher because there are a lot of five points this episode. So a lot of people got um, rapid 
winning with terahertz second. This has probably been our biggest point, our pointiest episode, if you will. Very pointy. Quite a few, maybe about 10 or 15 five-pointers from that, which is very, very strong. That's how the league's going so far at this halfway point. Pretty exciting stuff. It's weird to think that we're actually going to get to the end and have a definitive winner. And it's not going to be one of us. <laughs> Almost certainly not. We're going to have to do some crazy predicting, me, you and Yuke. <laughs> well, that's my trick. I think if I, pre- if I predict something completely wild and unhinged that no one else thought of and it wins. Then you're getting a big chunk yeah. of points and you're going to do something crazy. See, you've got to gamble. You've really got to roll those dice. You know, this one, a tough one. But it's, I'm surprised two people managed to get the right predictions because... You kind of had to go logically for your first two, yep. but then traction for third. You know, a bit of a wild card in yeah. there. So interesting that it worked out. Tough one to get. A tough yeah. one, real yeah. tough one. Did anyone see traction getting third? Well, yeah, because two people got a full house. Yeah, but I mean, like, <laughs> if you like, we were all like in a room together and we went traction third. Yeah, and it's not. You can imagine it's like, not going like, to win the popular Whoa. vote. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. We saw the preview for next week. Nuts. Nuts 2 and Concussion were the focuses of that. Now, considering the focuses of this episode in the preview was Rapid mm-hmm. and Apex. Mm. Winner in big moment. One of them's going to be a big moment, so one of them's going to be a winner. But which one? Ooh, could you imagine if Nuts 2 does it and gets through. Can we just take a moment to talk about how cool the guy from Concussion is? Uh, yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> he just sits back, all chilled and relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> There's a very good chance. That we could win Robot Wars. Oh, Tim, he's yeah, he's a really cool guy. <laughs> he is awesome. He's the first guy I spoke to when I went to um really yeah when I went there last time. Yeah, really nice guy. Um, hope they do very well. Yeah, some of the clips in the preview make me make me worry. I'm avoiding everything. Yeah, that's gonna be an interesting one. Yeah, could be hard to predict again. I literally have no idea, mainly because I've forgotten which robots are in this heat, other than Nuts Two and Concussion. Off the top of my head, bugger it, we'll see soon. We will see soon. Okay, um, now I have to remember the wrapping up again. You can tweet us at podcast activate because someone else had activate podcast and we aren't bitter about that at all. You mm-hmm. can email us activate podcast at gmail.com. That's pretty much it. I mean, we're also on SoundCloud and iTunes. Leave a like, subscribe, review, share. Got have those ratings and reviews on iTunes. Yeah. That's a good thing for us. Thank yeah. you to the one person who did give a rating and review on iTunes since I last sent out a tweet asking people to do it. Uh, a number of you liked it. One of you actually did it. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Come on, guys. Put it together. <laughs> Come on. We're, yeah. si- we're sitting at four stars because we had that one one-star review when yeah. we first started and then he everyone else gave us like five. us. Yeah, he really did. It, I almost have it as a badge of honour now. It sits proudly at the top of our reviews. Yeah. Just there, like... <laughs> it's like load of crap and i'm like yes we oh, are we sure are <laughs> and don't you forget it. <laughs> but please give us five stars we want to go above four <laughs> it's so awkward being there at four stars <laughs> uh. <laughs>
All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bow, bow, bow. Yeah, it's just like.